Welcome back, everybody, to the WMMA Today podcast. I am your host, Drake Riggs, normally joined by Steve, who is out today. I was out. We were both out last week, and I was out the week before, so it's been a while since I've seen everybody. How are you doing? How was the time with Serena Southpaw? Was she... Was she a better host than I was? I'm sure she was. She's phenomenal. I did check it out a little bit, so it looked like a good old fun time. Happy to be back, though. Happy to be home. It has been quite a crazy couple weeks of traveling. Uh, my body clock is all over the place. Had to take a quick little nap before the show, but we're feeling good. We're feeling energized. Happy to be here and talk and catch up on everything. Uh, it's been... It's been crazy, right? A lot of things going on. We finally got the highly anticipated rematch that we had been waiting for for so long in the strawweight division. Plenty of other things going on. So yeah, you guys, good old lineup here. Just recapping that fight, actually. That was really the only one. And uh, what a singular fight to have over the past weekend. And then, of course, we have two events coming up this week with... UFC Vegas 42 and uh, Bellator down in Florida with, um, what is it, four fights on that card? And then there are three on the UFC. So seven fights total to look forward to this weekend. Plenty of news and uh, mailbag, fan of punch breakdowns, all that stuff. We'll get it to work today. I know Steve had issues <laughs> with it uh, when he was with Serena. So we will try to... Avoid that this time, and I apologize as always for my rather potatoy shit connection here. It always makes me feel even worse. If there was one thing to make me feel bad of being back, feel bad about being back home, it's that. So I apologize. I still need to improve it, but that is a work in progress. Either way, you guys. If you're new here, tuning in for the first time, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Really helps us out. Uh, we are on Spotify and anchor and all the audio places now. So if you aren't able to watch live, you can listen back in the car ride to work the next day, whatever it may be. We are here on, I should mention, should have mentioned this earlier. We're here on Tuesday today because I was flying home last night at the time we normally do the show. So had a little bit of extra time in New York than I normally do. And, uh, yeah, I see everybody coming in now, and I want to say right off the bat, you guys, the last time I saw you all, everybody was rather negative, and it was really bumming me out, and I was going to kind of put my foot down and tell you guys, knock that shit off, because it was really starting to not bother me a little bit, but I didn't like to see that for two or three weeks in a row, so hopefully we're feeling better now, energy's picked up after one of the greatest cards of all time in UFC 268. I know maybe it was kind of the fights that were bumming you guys out, but uh, I was not liking that. So I hope we're all doing better today. As uh, Jimmy has arrived, he says, hey, he's excited for the show. Rue says, Serena was great, but we could, couldn't be, could, could or couldn't be disrespectful of certain fighters since he was a guest. And that's exactly what I'm talking about, Rue. I want to see less, uh, less of that, please going forward you guys if you're going to be disrespectful to the fighters like aggressively i mean we don't really show that on the screen or acknowledge it anyways but i would prefer to lessen that because you guys got to think 
not for Steve as much, but for me, I do talk to a, a lot of these people if I can. And I don't know. I just prefer positive outlooks in general. So uh, I do not want this to become a toxic chat whatsoever. We've done such a great job over the course of this show. Please, let's keep it that way. This is the only warning I'm going to give. And that goes for you mods too. Please shape up a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, let, let's start off on a good foot. Joseph is here, says, Drake, can you tell what the update on Virna versus Tate? Because that card lost two fights. That fight is fine, as far as I know, Joseph. Uh, nothing nothing with that one. Um, Rain, good to see you as well, buddy, as well as James. Says he has a lot of questions about Whaley. When we get to her, all right, save him, buddy. Uh, Ghost, good to see you, my man. I feel like it's been forever. It's been a long, long while uh, for the show here. Jimmy says this card makes up for the offseason that we had. Lovely card. There we go. That's what I like to see. Uh, lovely card. Yes, he says cards, card, either one. But all right, you guys, before we get into UFC 268, since I have missed two weeks of hanging out with you guys and the show in general, I wanted to do a quick little catch up on everything that happened in that meantime that I didn't get to talk about. So I just want to run down. Uh, my quick thoughts for you guys on some of the things that happened. So let's start off with Ryzen 31, um, Kana Asakura getting upset by Siori Oshima. My goodness, you guys, it happened. We we knew it was possible, but it was just too hard of a thing to predict with what we had seen so far. But my goodness, Siori went in there, looked like she had been in there, you know, plenty times before like it wasn't her debut showed why she is a double champ in two different divisions and uh fought the same as she always does just non-stop action whether she's on her back or on top doesn't matter she is go 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 and my goodness she's so fun to watch and has proved that she is right now a top three atom weight in the world she jumps right in there she goes from about 10 i think i had her at to two because Hom doesn't fight at 105 anymore, uh, 108, 105 range. So in my my books, Siori is the number two Adamway in the world right now in the ranking. She jumps right up there past Kana and clearly the number one contender for Ayaka Hamasaki. But shameless plug, if you did check out the chat that I had with her on the recent return anniversary show of Broaden Horizon, uh, she sounds like she's a little bit willing to take it slow and admits that Hamasaki beats her up a lot when they do train together. So she seems to kind of understand where she is, but I would love to see that fight at some point before Ayaka hangs him up whenever that is. Neither seem, she doesn't seem close to slowing down just yet from all indications, but my goodness, we have some fresh blood there and it's very exciting to see. Seri Oshima is for real. She proved it. And she right now, I think is clearly the breakthrough fighter of the year and has a strong case for female fighter of the year. Four wins in a row. Who knows if she'll get a fifth one before the end of 2021 very impressive stuff and uh definitely go check out Bron horizon after this show if you haven't yet i know ghost has appreciate him he asked a question for it so been hearing from ghost in the meantime and then there was also deep impact 104 where seke zawa got the job done against siwoo park my goodness another the other prospect right these are these are two of the absolute greatest in the sport seke you know how high that i am on her uh, as well as Oshima, but she continues to do her thing and battle through some adversity. Really, uh, her eye was in danger there of maybe closing completely. Couldn't quite tell if it even did, but uh, worrisome of the doctor stopping it. But she looked very patient on the feet. Uh, 
you know, a little bit more than maybe we had seen in the past was sharp, able to back up park. And as the fight went on, park had much more success for experience kind of showed up and, uh, helped her rally a little bit, but it was a little bit too, too little, too late. Uh, Izawa remained methodically aggressive in her grappling and did, uh, did what she does best when she was going for those opportunities and, Park was able to survive, but again, like I said, too little too late for her to rally and uh, score a knockout or put put the ever-talented strawweight champ of Deep Jewels away, um, who is now at Adamweight. So not a terrible debut for her in that division. Very hard fought, of course, and you could see the emotion on her face afterwards. She began to kind of let it all out, but she looked awesome. Very excited for her future, of course, and I promise you she will be in Ryzen at some point as well. That is just, we knew that this fight was leading to that. And hopefully Park can as well, because she is still very good. Uh, Park can get there at some point too. PFL finals went down. Um, Julia Budd and Caitlin Young was a pretty fun fight. I didn't agree with 30-27. I thought that Caitlin won the first round, looked sharp on the feet, but then Bud fought the way she should have and utilized her wrestling to get the job done. Great to see you there. Now we wonder if, uh, we'll get that Kayla fight in next season because that is if Kayla's going to stick around that's the only thing to look forward to and then if uh, she leaves Julia just becomes the new Kayla in PFL so that is what that is but not really anything to add about Kayla because it taught us nothing what she did to Taylor Gardot all right so um, hopefully hopefully Kayla does go to Bellator though that's all I'll say there um, and then Bellator did have the show in Russia where, uh, Irina Alexeva got the job done, finally made her long, long awaited debut. Great to see you there. And then in the other fight, Darina Mazduk, who beat up the 500 pound fat man to get her contract, which was kind of hilarious. So that's how she got her contract. She, uh, suffered a second round TKO. So sets her back a little bit. She was, it still is a decent prospect, but that was just obviously <laughs> a ridiculous way to get into a promotion like Bellator off of a freak show fight like the one that she had. So we will see what is next for her. UFC 267 was also last week. My goodness, there's so much, you guys. Uh, Amanda Hebas beat Verna Jandiroba. That was a little bit of a bummer performance from uh, Jandiroba. Good stuff from Hebas. Looked looked very good in there. Um, I think Verna won the first round, lost the second too. I think that I think that was what all judges agreed with. I don't quite remember, but I know that was seemingly the general consensus. Verna just struggled to kind of set up her her uh, takedowns the way that she normally does. You know, hiding them off the back of her combinations. And I think that uh, Hebas's just continuous volume and pressure with her striking made that a lot more difficult and we saw that. So Verna couldn't quite get her game going the same as we had seen normally. So a very good performance from Hebas and she, you know, rebounds in a, a very big, very big win over her. And I still believe that Verna has all the potential to break into that top five and be a very legitimate player, but man, yeah, tough setback. She's going to have to learn from that one, but fun fight. And over in Japan again, Duel 22, Hisei Watanabe made her comeback in kickboxing 
and it did not go so well for her. I think shaking off the rust, she didn't get beat up too badly or anything, pretty much just outpointed. But um, yeah, just did not quite look to be look to be there. You know what I mean? So um, we will speak about her later, actually, or actually, I didn't put it on the lineup. So I guess I'll get out of the way now. But uh, well, also, I did speak to Hisei if you want to check out that interview <laughs> before uh, before her fight, her return. She's already got her MA return lined up. So I don't quite remember when that's happening. I don't think she knows either, but she is getting ready for the MA return now, which is where she should have been anyways. And it's funny because the kickboxing match she admitted was probably happening a little bit quicker than she wanted it to, is what she said to me. So he's a Watanabe, a true legend of the sport, one of the hardest hitting female fighters of all time. Uh, exciting to see her back at MA at least shake shook the rust off at least in theory we'll see how it goes so look forward to that whenever that happens one next gen also happened this a lot I'm sorry guys <laughs> one next gen the Adam weight finals stamp Fairtex beats Julia Meza Barber Meza Barba Ritu Fogat beats uh was it gentle and awesome tournaments an absolute fucking disaster it, it is completely pointless now not even not even really the same thing. <laughs> I mean, at least two of not even two originals. I mean, I guess Ritu, yes, was an original, but then she lost and got taken out of it. And then it's just been a complete disaster. I don't even want to talk about the tournament anymore because it's a joke. Um, and now I, I didn't even I haven't even got to see these fights yet. So I I mean, I'm going to move on. But we know that that finals matchup is going to happen next month. Probably Stamp versus Ritu. Should be good, um, but yeah, this this was a nightmare. Um, one's got to get there. Sh they should not do any more tournaments until the pandemic's over because this was just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> then last but not least, in Shuto over the past weekend, Mina Karobe, the Ageless Wonder as well in the Atomweight division. There's a couple of them. She's up there too. Lost her title to Sarami. Uh, I think it was unanimous decision, so... Some new flavor on the block, breaking into the top 15. Another prospect to watch as a new champion has been crowned. So, yeah, it's a lot of stuff happening at Atomweight, though. I'd love to see that. A lot of big things and just around the world in general. So that was a quick catch-up, as quick as I could condense it. So let's see what all you guys have to say now. I'm seeing the comments here. Uh, crazy crazy things going on in mma jimmy says back-to-back -back ufc 267 and 268 were brilliant yes they were rain agrees joseph says i say that because of the travel issues with COVID and vera is an international fighter uh fair point and i haven't been keeping up with her on social media but she could very well be in the states already we'll find out i mean the fights next week she better be here so we will see we will see, but I have no reason to fear Joseph. Um, they've made things work plenty of time. Uh, James says, I saw the replay. This CRE looked great. Grappling was top notch. She is very good. The fact that she was able to beat Kana, who is much larger, and everybody's going to be much larger than CRE uh, because she is a very tiny individual. Four foot 11 has, is a champion in a 97 pound microweight uh, class. I don't know if she cut any way to make this fight, but she's going to be outsized by everybody. But her technique and skill set alone is good enough to where it might not matter. Because if she could beat and, you know, 
control Kana the way that she did in all areas. It's uh it's gonna be gonna be fun to watch. And Jimmy going right at it says just make story for Sayakazawa. My goodness, I know we've talked about that hypothetical a little bit on previous shows, but when that does happen, I hope it's for a title. And my goodness, it's gonna be just grappling beauty, brilliance. It's gonna be so, so fantastic. Um man, two of the uh, right up there. These two and Aaron Blanchfield. Well, no, Sari's not a prospect anymore. If she's number two in the world now, top three fighter, you are officially not a prospect anymore in my books. So she has shed that label. Seca still in that boat with, you know, 4-0. Just got to Adam Waite. Uh, Seki Zawa and Aaron Blanchfield in my books. Two of, if not the absolute best prospects in the sport overall. Sari Oshima, no longer a prospect. But uh, that fight, my, my. That'd be good stuff at some point. Rain says Siri versus I would also be good. Yeah, wouldn't be wouldn't be terrible. Um, I I just want to see I back. Honestly, I don't know what's up with her. It's she hasn't fought since what was it New Year's? Was that when the Con yeah that was when the Con fight was? Man, she hasn't fought all year. That's a bummer. She needs to get more active. Uh, I love Aishimizu. She is great. Very soft spoken, fun fighter. Good talent. I feel like there's a sorry. There's like one hair in my eye but I can't find it. Um, yes, I need to fight. <laughs> I need to fight. I don't, I don't think that one makes much sense, obviously, considering I last lost to Kana, um, but that would be a fun matchup for sure. Uh, Rue says he's really interested for Sari versus Seca. More interested uh, for that than I. Yeah, definitely. Um, hard to disagree. Go says the transitions and Oshimura's Oscar was fun to watch. Very interesting transitions on the ground. It was good stuff, man. And how about those up kicks, you guys? I think her short little legs really helped her in the, in those positions. I mean, landing complete flat foot to like the eye, just right in the eye socket of Khan. I mean, and props to Khan for taking those because my goodness, she was getting fed plenty. Oshima is just attack from any angle. I love it. I love it so much. Um, Rue says, I meant earlier, I meant oh, my bad earlier that we could not be as disrespectful uh, when certain fighters were mentioned with Serena since she was a guest and a great one at that. All right, yes. Uh, always got to be extra respectful to the guests, especially when the guests are fighters. Uh, Rain says, 267 was good stuff. He was got cracked by the same right that Marina threw at her. Yes, but fortunately, fortunately for her, Verna does not hit as hard as Marina, as few do. Stamina is here. Good to see you, man. It has been a while. Uh, Ghost says he say hitting he says hitting power is like Samart. Doesn't look hard, but she KOs people cold. Really cool. Yep, she is a highlight reel machine. Joseph says while well, Misha is in Chandler, Arizona on Saturday. All right. Well, again, no need to worry. Um. All right. So with that in mind, you guys, 20 minutes in for a quick catch up. <laughs> Appreciate all the comments. You guys got to be the guest host today when we're solo. Always how it goes. Let's get into the big one. And my, oh my, we have plenty of thoughts on the strawweight title fight rematch. Rose Namajunas defeats Zhang Weili via split decision. 47-48 for Weili. 48-47 for Rose and a 49-46. That one's a bit absurd. Let's get into it, you guys. I know you got plenty 
to say about it. I am sure, <laughs> um, as do I. I was there for this. I was out in the arena, came out from backstage to uh, watch this one, had to, and it was electric in there. Everybody was super into this fight. Energy was great. There weren't really any... I didn't notice any booze for Whaley outside of when she was getting introduced. So people kind of got over that nonsense right away, which is good. But yeah, Rose retains. Um, and the interesting thing about this, I rewatched it right before, right before going on air here or before my nap, actually. <laughs> but uh, when I first saw it live, I gave Whaley the first two rounds and Rose the last three. And I felt pretty comfortable about that. But then watching it back just now, I, man, it's very tough, very tough to score. I think the clearest rounds and I mean, not even the, not even that clear. I think every round was pretty damn close, except for maybe the fourth round. So fourth round, I'd say was Rose first round, Whaley. Second round, Whaley. Those I feel like were clear edges. Let's put it that way. weren't clear rounds, but you know, just just edged enough to those to, to each fighter. And then round three is a big hinge. I know for everybody, where that that's where it came down to. And if we look at the stats here, um, Whaley twenty nine to sixteen on the strikes, uh, plus a takedown, which was a solid takedown. Very advantageous positions. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. But then round five, as much control as Rose had here, four minutes practically. I think that I think that, that one's actually the closest round along with round three because Whaley was very active off her back. As you can see, 45, uh, 40, why did I say 45? 44 strikes to 31 actually outstruck her off of her back. And of course, nothing super impactful, as you can see the significant strike counter, which I hate and I never consider, obviously why I'm looking at totals here. But Rose didn't do a super significant amount with her top control, aside from being on top in that fifth round. And I still think I probably edge it to her because Whaley wasn't doing an incredible amount of damage, but she was being very active and more act literally more active than Rose, as you can see. So either way, I'm I'm just going to say I'll still on that rewatch. I still will give Rose four and five, five very, very closely. But round three is the one that I don't know how to go about it. <laughs> I'm not sure how to go about it because I think it was real tight, real tight, about as close as it gets until Whaley hits that that takedown. Hits that takedown around the minute mark, as you can see, the final minute mark. Uh, gets on top of her, what? Gets on her back, almost the rear naked choke there. Not not really almost, but, you know, she was in a good position where live, I was like, oh, shit, this might be it. Uh, obviously, time running out. But then she gets full mount, drops a real solid elbow, maybe another punch after there. If she had more time, you guys, Whaley was taking the belt back in that third round man she really got beat by by going for that takedown late in that round i think that if she would have hit that earlier and got into that full mount that could have been it 
because uh, Rose looked a little bit stuck there. I know it was a very brief period and Rose of all people could probably get out of there more than most, but I wish we got to find out. So that very well, that sequence on the ground, I think I'm fine giving it to Whaley. But before that, it was very, very close. And I think I leaned a little bit towards Rose. So that third round is is the one in this fight where um, you kind of got to assess the most um, to determine who won this fight. It was very close. Every round was very competitive, obviously. Uh, Whaley outstruck her overall in this fight, 162 to 130. Um, so it was, uh, it was kind of everything we hoped for the first time. Maybe not as, I mean, it was pretty action packed and a lot of momentum shifts and all that kind of thing. Some wobbles here and there early on, but, uh, slippery canvas as well. But I understand scores for both of them. And I, I think, I think I might say watching live Rose. I had the final three, and then on the rewatch, I I might edge Whaley that third round of first three. And I know that seems the common common uh, score for everybody else. I, I looked at MMA decisions, I think, the day after, and that was pretty much unanimously. The vote was Whaley won 48-47, first three, last two were to Rose. But again, I think that fifth round, there is a case for Whaley. I don't know if I'm comfortable giving it to her, but... My goodness, this fight was uh, very, very competitive. So that, good to see in that regard. Very sad to see Whaley lose two in a row, uh, of course, but and put in limbo, which is very fucking frustrating, but it was a good fight. So Jimmy asks, man, did you think that Whaley looked good? Her wrestling was on point. So this is something that we will get to in the mailbag. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously Whaley looked pretty good because she arguably won the fight, Jimmy. So <laughs> I will be repeating myself later, but yes, Whaley, I don't really think has ever looked bad necessarily, but her wrestling was very strong as it typically is. Uh, of course, training with Henry certainly helps and helped. Um, yeah, she looked good. I don't think she looked her best by any means. Um, not by any means, but you know, I, I think we very have clearly seen her look a lot better. But yes, she looked she looked good, of course. She arguably won the fight. As Rain says, 3-2 to Whaley. So uh, a common score right there. Um, James also, James asking how bad was the booing that Whaley got. Like I said, it was really only when she was getting um, announced by Bruce. I didn't, I don't remember hearing anything after that. So... It wasn't that bad, thankfully. And even during fight week, like press conference, she was fine. They were all fine and nice to her. That was really the only instance of booing that I can recall. So, uh, Joseph asks Drake, can you tell me what Dana does? What Dana does not like? Carla, I'm, I'm assuming he said we have an option. P.S. Who you got, Max or Yair? Um, I'm assuming Joseph, you're asking, can I tell you why Dana does not like Carla? I don't know why he's so mad at Carla, but it's really stupid. <laughs> it's really stupid. The story is, is literally fucking crafted itself. And if he does not have the faith in himself to be able to tell that story, promote that story, that rematch, then he should just retire right now because it is just laid out for him. It is too good. Um, and should have happened on, on this, this past Saturday instead of this fight. But here we are. 
Uh, and then Max and Yair, uh, I think Max will win, but I think Yair is going to do a lot better than people are giving him credit for. They are really counting him out. Yair is pretty good as well. And yes, he's just been rather inactive. Uh, Rue agrees with that common consensus that I was saying. Three to two, Whaley. First two, three for first three for Whaley. Jimmy also said three to two for Whaley. Three round three, Whaley was on mount. Yeah, see, like that final minute was so big for her, um, but it was very quick. So it's tough. It's very tough. Uh, Stamina says, damn near every round was a shoulder shrug for me. Had no strong inclination to favor either combatant. Not a fight. I'll be in a rush to watch again, all told. All right, and there you have it from Stamina himself. And oh boy, look who's back, you guys. Yusuf, we haven't seen him in weeks. In weeks. Good to see you, sir. Thanks for tuning in live or commenting again. Maybe you have been, but either way, good to see you, buddy. <laughs> uh, he says, as a Whaley fan, why should we give fans the Yoana rematch? Just have a war again for your pleasure with no title implications. Fuck that. We'll both kill contenders until you're ready for a title eliminator. Um, yeah, I I think I understand where you're coming from. I don't really the direction I would go from here for Whaley probably wouldn't be the Yoana rematch. I don't think it would actually because I need that freshness, man. Somebody mentioned it to me on Twitter the other day, but like Rose and all these rematches, the Carla one at least has had a lot of space to breathe. But after that, you gotta stop with rematches, especially in this division. I know they're all gonna be fun, but like this division is too good not to do all these fresh matchups. Um, so, Whaley versus Joanna can hold a little bit. Have Whaley face somebody new next? Uh, not quite sure who we could, you know, slot in there. Maybe we'll talk about it here momentarily. But I, I'm not you know, crazy about that next, just because I want freshness. You know, she goes from fighting the same person twice. Then they would be kind of similar to Rose where her last four fights would only be against two people. I don't like that. I don't like that. So Yusuf, I kind of get where you're, where you're coming from there. Um, James says, Jack Slack, Lawrence Kenshin has said, Whaley won. She just waited, just waiting for Ghost has to say, since all three are wonderful analysts. Okay, so I wanted to mention this too, because uh, shout out to our boy, Sammy. Um, Sammy Arnett, who I don't know if he watches live anymore, but if you do, man, I appreciate you. And if you don't, if you just watch in general, I appreciate it. But, uh, he asked some questions in the Twitter mailbag and he asked about Ghost's opinion. So I want to say this to you guys right now. <laughs> Obviously, Ghost is a big part of our community here and a big part of the show as he contributes with the Fan Punch Breakdown. But he clearly isn't physically on the show and in the comments, he doesn't want to you know, be assaulted by your wave of questions and all that. So if he wants to get around to it with a breakdown or whatever, he will, but just like, you know, ease up on him a little bit, you know, give him, give him some space because I know he's just trying to relax and enjoy the show at the same time. So, uh, I just want to say that because I know you guys have, you've been going at him a lot, you know, recently. So, uh, yeah, you know, just treat, treat him the same a little bit, uh, unless ghost uh, feel free to override me. Cause this is you we're talking about. Um, but Rain says, what Jack Slack said, Whaley won. He's like the biggest Whaley hater. So there you go. That means that some good support for Whaley then. Uh, Ghost says, really cool stuff from Whaley. I'm not going to tell my scorecard since I'm biased towards Whaley. There you go. <laughs> um, Rain says, Israel Adesanya even said Whaley should have won that. 
a lot of people thought so. A lot of people thought so. James said lots of people saying Whaley looked the worst that she has ever looked. So we're gonna get to that as well. I'm gonna I'm not gonna comment on that just yet, James, but we will get to that. The outside low kick, Whaley was landing. Uh one off the jab faint when Rose would retreat, and then she would slip the jab and plant the low kick while Rose stepped in. Counter left hook off Rose right straight was beautiful. Whaley throw away overhand to the left body kick was sharp. Yeah, she definitely had plenty of good moments there and enough for many of us to believe she got the win there. Uh, so Joseph says, yes, because after that fight, Dana does not mention Carlin's name. He says we have an option. And you would have to think, you would have to think the other one would be Marina, but there might be another one out there that, again, I'm not, Super jazzed about, but we'll get to that for the mailbag as well. <laughs> um, Go says, did you notice that the weapons that gave Whaley trouble in the past, she threw at Rose, left high kick after feigning the rear kick. I did notice that actually, um, which a little bit, uh, you know, maybe thinking outside the box a little bit, trying to play, play a little chess match there with the similar or ad ad adapting to your problems a little bit, maybe. Rain asks, uh, Whaley versus Marina next. Possible. It obviously really depends on what they do with Carla, which should be the Rose fight. Um, you know, if not, I think that would be fine. But again, if Whaley loses that one, then it's like, I, I might say give her somebody a little bit lower. Um, but then it's like, well, Marina want to stay active in the meantime as well. So, I mean, the Marina Yoana fight, that's the one. That's the fucking one we should do. So I'm going to say no to Whaley versus Marina. Give Whaley somebody a little bit farther down. But I'm not sure <laughs> it should be Jan Jaunan, as Yusuf says right here. Jan, uh, of course, one of my favorite fighters. Um, in a fight that, you know, we all want that to be the China versus China title fight. And rather than just having them go at it right now, both coming off losses, that one makes sense to do. Um, but again, I don't want to see it out of my own personal for out of my own personal reasons. And for either one of them to lose right now uh, is not something I want to see. But that one is probably the most logical, actually. Um, Jimmy says, wait, leavers Dern, though. I might go that route. Might go that route. If I had to supplement one in, I think it'd be that one. Stamina says Carla is in that Leon Edwards slash Corey uh, Anderson, I'm assuming you mean, spot. Done enough, but basically it's not enough. She's got a five-fight winning streak, but she squeaked it. Arguably shouldn't have it, so it doesn't look good for her. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That is a very good point. Uh, Ghost says, look, guys, I got to meet Whaley at Fight Ready. I'm clearly not the guy to give an honest opinion. <laughs> uh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, Joseph says, I know what Dana is doing he's going to book rose versus rodriguez because that's a fresh matchup see and out of that aspect i wouldn't hate that because like i said after this last win for marina she as well has earned a title shot her and carla both have earned title shots who did it first carla obviously who has a win over her on on paper carla do i think marina won that fight yes i do but that's not how it shook out so I, I would be upset by it, but I wouldn't be as mad as I, I might be in other cases, Joseph. So uh, I think Marina versus 
Rose is a much more fun fight, that's for sure. But I, I still love the Carla rematch as well. Uh, Stamina says Jang versus Dern. Rodriguez should only fight someone similarly close to title contention. Someone 0-2 against the champ shouldn't get a chance to turn back one of the division's main contenders, IMO. So I assume that takes Joanna out of discussion there for you, Stamina, as well. Uh, Joseph says maybe Dana hates Carla fighting style, winning a lot of decisions before her last fight. P.S. Was the canvas sticky? It looked slippery to me, and I know they were kind of talking about it out there, looking or feeling a lot. It was lacking traction, I guess you could say. So, um, yeah, I, I'm sure Dana's not a huge fan of Carla's style, but I mean, after that last win, it's like, come on, dude. Um, Jimmy says, Whaley versus Gadelia. I think that's perfect, my man. That's if you want to talk about not a setup guaranteed, like perfect rebound fight, <laughs> you know, uh, that's kind of how it would look at this stage, but I think that would be totally fine. Fresh fight. I wouldn't be mad at that whatsoever. And, you know, Claudia would love that too. Cause that's a huge opportunity for her to get right back in the mix. Cause she's gotten out of it a bit. Uh, Scott is here though. Good to see you, man. He says, Whaley Andrade too for him. So that's also one, uh, you know, it would, it would change the, the thing I said about, you know, if we were to do the Joanna rematch, having that would mean for Whaley, she'd fight two people only in her last four fights. If you throw in Andrade in there, at least it's three different people. But yeah, that one would, I'd be okay with that one too. And I mean, that that's a good, a good possible, you know, fight night headliner maybe for the UFC or, you know, a co-main event or a third fight on a pay-per-view. Who knows? I wouldn't hate that one maybe either, but I ultimately I do prefer the freshness. I'd go the Claudia one over that one, but it would be fun to see. Uh, Jimmy says Zhang versus Dern would be great as he agrees with, uh, I believe James said that. Yeah, that, that one is fine too. Stamina says Claudia seems to be on a uh, recuperation leave. She might be gone a while longer. Well, all right, there you go. And he says, you misread uh, my question. Your thoughts on Whaley saying she doesn't want to go to war with Jan as you asked the setter. Yes, I did ask that. Uh, that was actually Ghost's question, I believe. So thanks, Ghost, for chiming in there and giving me that one. Um, my thoughts on her saying she doesn't want to go to war with Jan. Um, well, she kind of said, right, that, you know, if they can, if the Chinese fighters can avoid taking each other out to kind of work together, a little bit of a team mentality, right, to where they can boost up their their area and region rather than take each other out. That's kind of how I interpreted it. I don't think Whaley's scared of Zhao Nan or anything like that, uh, or maybe she understands, you know, that still would be the big thing if they can both get to a title fight, <laughs> which still holding out hope. Maybe one day it can come back to fruition where those two fight for the title in China. Man, it sucks that that has just really eluded us now. But um, yeah, I think it's just kind of a thing of, obviously it's been a tough, tough year for Chinese, <clears throat> excuse me, Chinese fighters in MMA. I think she's thinking maybe the same thing where let's not make it worse for each other. But if that was offered to her, I guarantee you she'd take it. As would Jonan. So we'll see. Uh, Go says Whaley even caught the kick that rose through at her at 261. I'm just talking. About, I'm just going to talk about the technique because I really enjoyed her improvements. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, man. 
Um, Joseph says maybe Lemos because she was supposed to fight Nina Nunes, but female Cerrone is filling in. Yes, that is on the docket for the news. We'll get to that in a bit. <clears throat> James says Whaley versus Claudia would be great. Claudia turned her down in 2019. There you go. We got some support for that one. Rain says, Drake, did you see uh, Claudia's comment on Whaley's IG page saying she's overrated and got lucky? It's lining up. It's lining up perfectly then. No, I did not see that. <laughs> I did not see that at all. I follow Claudia, but uh, I didn't see that uh, on Whaley's page. No, I don't generally look at the comments, honestly, unless they like really stand out for whatever reason. But that is interesting. Make it happen, Dana. Uh, Rain says, look at Whaley's Instagram page. She comments. Oh, okay. Yeah, just no respect for some people. Yusuf says, based on the fact that Whaley took Rose down five times and Whaley got taken down twice, is it safe to say a healthy Suarez beats both? Um, uh, I mean, she could, obviously. <laughs> Yusuf, in good way of incorporating Tatiana in there. Um, I mean, just because she'd be able to take them down, I do, that doesn't exactly equate to her being able to beat them. So one of the things in this fight uh, that was a clear issue of sorts, Whaley's biggest weakness in this fight was obviously her inability to get Rose off of her, mainly in that fifth round, and then you know in the fourth round as well when she got what swept there. Um, so I, after seeing that, I believe that Tatiana would probably stand a better chance against Whaley if she was to have that same trouble. Or, I mean, she would, if Rose could hold her down that way, then she definitely would have that trouble against, uh, Tatiana, but, uh, Rose, you know, shown to be better at getting out of those positions, obviously. And of course, Tatiana, better wrestler than Whaley, but um I mean if you're talking prime, you know, healthy Suarez Yusuf, you might be right there. You very well might be right, but it's just it's just so hard to imagine. But I understand where you're coming from again. So that's a that's a fair point. Very fair point. So all right, you guys. That was one hell of a fight, one hell of a card. UFC 267 the lone female fight on the card. Good stuff there. What a time in New York it was. Until next time, we move on to the mailbag where we will talk more about this fight. <laughs> so we got some stuff today. Thanks to our friends, Sammy, as I mentioned, as well as Miss Panny Tran. Uh, but we will start out with... Sammy Arnett, who I mentioned the ghost thing because he asks about ghosts opinion. Um, let's see. Where do we start? Uh, let's let's just start with it here because his other question is kind of. We'll see. We'll see it. <laughs> uh, he asks, do you guys think that Dana is going to use Whaley to build the names of other up and coming prospects and give her the worst matchup possible? Do you think Dana is done with her? So. Interesting thought process here from Sammy. Um, do Let's start with the second one first. Do I think Dana's done with her? No, definitely not. I mean, of course, like I said, now she's in that shitty limbo, limbo spot to be in, but, <clears throat> and he kind of, you know, laughed off my 
poorly worded question about Whaley getting back to a title fight. I think that was on me, though. Um, it was the night of the fight, however. So, I mean, done with her? No, I mean, that doesn't make sense. China's always going to be there. China's always going to be a huge market. Um, they still have deals in place with the country. Whaley is still a star, still one of the best fighters in the world. Um, to say that he's done with her, I, I do not think that is a fair thought. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about that one. Sorry, getting some messages here that I got to reply to. All right, and then his first part, though, is turning her into a gatekeeper, essentially, is what he thinks. Um, and I mean, when you talk about prospect building, Sammy, like, that's going down the line a bit, you know, and she's former champ, just came out of a title fight to match her against prospects. Like, let's say, I don't know, uh, if you, I don't know, name somebody who's around like the back 15 or not even in the 15, that just doesn't make any sense. I don't think that's going to happen whatsoever because then you're completely hinging on Whaley's drawing power, star power as the UFC from a business side of things it just doesn't quite make sense. And then you're pretend you're very likely, very likely killing off prospects. She Whaley arguably won the fight. You guys, a lot of people think she won. So to do that, it just it doesn't, doesn't quite uh, make sense. Um, sorry, replying again. And I mean, if you were to do something like Hebus, I mean, Hebus isn't even a prospect anymore. She's a she's a legit contender, and she has been. She is um, ranked fighter, beating ranked fighters. So you can't go, you cannot go too far down the line with Whaley. It doesn't make sense. Um, Jimmy agrees. He doesn't think Dana's done with her. Dana was very nice to her at the end. Well, yeah, of course. Dana loves Whaley. I mean, we've seen this. So I mean, I don't think so. Uh, Rain says he thinks Sammy thinks she'll be like RDA. So, like I said, gatekeeper-ish, right? Um, it's it's just she's in a weird spot now where she kind of has to be, kind of has to be that in a sense, not all the way back to these prospects, but to maybe top 10 fighters, she has to be that because she's lost twice in a row to Rose. They fucked her, they fucked her in that regard. Uh, and maybe the judges did as well, however you want to view it. I, I don't think it you can't the fight wasn't a robbery, but. Obviously, a lot of people think she should have won. Scott says, Whaley is a huge star, lots of great matchups, and she can even bump up to flyweight for some fights. She is must-watch. Good future in the UFC for her. That is also, of course, a possibility. I don't quite want to see that, but that might that might be the smartest path if she wants to go immediately back for a title. I should have asked that. That's a great point, Scott. I wish you. Uh, I wish somebody would have... Made me think about that. It was a long night. I didn't think <laughs> that would have been a good question for her. So um, interesting thought process there if she'll consider going up now. But I don't know. I, I, I prefer to see her hang around a little bit because, again, Rose very well could lose to Carla and uh, and Marina. So then there you go. Whaley's right back in there. So she'll be rooting for everybody against Rose for that, for that reason, kind of like uh, Andrade uh, recently. So, yeah. James says, well, in terms of drawing power, Migu recorded 130 million views on Rose versus Whaley, too. So 
There's that. Sounds like a good number to me. Um, Rue says, what were your thoughts on Whaley saying she wants to fight as soon as possible and train at fight ready again? Yeah. So that was interesting. I, I, what well, I think I asked both of, I asked her both of those questions, didn't I? Um, <laughs> I understand kind of wanting to fight as soon as possible, you know, wants a win, wants to get back in the win column as soon as she can. And, you know, she was a little banged up and bruised, but didn't seem like anything serious, not as serious as, you know, Colby who had his foot issue. He was limping into the press conference. Um, so yeah, I would love to see her fight again, maybe in February if she's not, you know, too banged up, but, uh, to stay, stay stateside. I think the think the, the thought process here, Rue is probably turn around as, as quick as you can and stay stateside, continue to work with fight ready, get a win with them and then maybe take a small break, go back home to China where she doesn't have to, let's say, go back home, wait a little bit and start over this whole process. I think she, that I, I, that's kind of putting words in her mouth a little bit, but that's how I would kind of assume maybe she's thinking is stay here, turn around as quick as can, as you can get a win with this new team, continue to get better with them. And then, all right, then I can sit cozy a little bit. I don't have to stress out. Go back home, see the family, all that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it says like, come here earlier to America to train. She says that she enjoyed it here. Yeah, she definitely seemed pretty comfortable and happy with uh, the surroundings. And, you know, obviously showed off some new tricks. So Stamina says he doesn't rate Whaley's chances much at 125. This former Bantamweights will dog walk her. Yep. Bigger ladies there, of course. So. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too crazy about that either, but that would have been a great question to ask. Man, I'm I'm fucking kicking myself now, man. Why'd you have to bring that up, Scott? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> uh Ghost says I actually think Fight Ready is the perfect fit for her. Uh and then he also says, guys, enough with the 125 BS. I met her in person. She's not that physically big as you guys seem to believe. Yeah, she really is not. She is um she's not tiny, but she's a smaller straw weight, I would say. Um, you know having seen her also in person uh, multiple times now being I was at both of her rose fights. Uh, yeah. She's she'd be definitely outsized as stamina mentions by the former Bantamweights and whatnot. So, um, and yes, she's very, very strong, which is perfectly fit for straw weight though. So don't know, maybe one day, but I've, I've never liked those talks either. So, all right, moving on. Here's what I was talking about earlier as Sammy asks, what are your guys' take on Whaley looking the worst she ever has been? Uh, this was said by WMA addict, CHS combat sports combo broker. He's completely <laughs> name dropping everybody and combo broker 99 supposed women's experts. They said Henry Suhudo was bad for her because he's a narcissist and Whaley needs to get back to her original style. So, Sammy, first of all, I'm going to say I have no idea who these people are, so probably safe to say they're not experts, and especially one of them that the one that I do know of is just an arrogant douchebag, and I'm not going to say which one that is, but they'll know who they are. Um, yeah, and you want to talk about disrespectful to fighters earlier? There you go. It's one of these people. Maybe you can figure out who it is. I'm not a fan of them personally, obviously, but not not media personnel 
as well. So it is what it is. Any you can you can have your channels and whatever, but um, I don't know. I guess I don't really have a take on their expert opinions necessarily, Sammy, aside from the fact that if their opinion is Whaley looked the worst she has ever looked, that's just that's an awful take. That is simply an awful take for the reasons I said earlier. Whaley arguably won the fight. <laughs> She arguably won. <laughs> and, you know, if if that was her worst, then her worst is pretty damn good. Uh, and I don't know how you can say that's her worst performance when she got her fucking, you know, head kicked in 78 seconds the last time out. And I know she looked good for the minute leading up to that, landed all her strikes, right? But doesn't get much worse than that. Um, and overall, I think that she's definitely... She looked pretty solid in this fight. Like I said, she arguably won, so I think that that automatically ends that. That's that's a silly thing. That's just a hot take to be hot. You want to get your clicks, get your views. That's what these guys got to do. Again, I don't know who two of these people are. One of them, I do, and I'm not a fan of them. So whatever. It's it's YouTube nonsense, right? For the most part, uh, just it doesn't make sense to say that. And again, if if that is the case, then man, her worst is pretty damn good. So, and Henry Cejudo being bad for her because he's a narcissist. It's a character, first of fucking all. It's a character. <laughs> Henry's actually a very genuine, nice, real, caring person. You know, like I'm I'm falling. You're making me fall into the trap now. You're baiting me here, Sammy, because these guys getting baited by Henry, who is doing a Colby type thing with a shtick and a gimmick here. Um, no, I, I don't agree with Henry being bad for her either. Uh, specifically because he's a narcissist. That doesn't make any sense. Fight wise and training wise, he's clearly helped her in multiple ways, just from what we saw in this fight and the preparations ahead of it. I think in the training footage, you could even see that. Like I remember watching the uh, footage of, the, of them in, in Henry's house together. And I mean, just the way they were kind of breaking things down. Um, look good to me. But um, Whaley needing to get back to her original style. Again, she arguably won. She arguably won. A lot of people think she won. It was a split decision. If you slot in one different judge, maybe she's a champion again. That's just... It's just over the top. Over, ana over analysis. Um, hot takes to be hot. I... I it is, it's, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. I could go on a bit, but I uh, will leave it there. Um, Yusuf says, Whaley was struggling with distance striking. How can she be, get better? She can't always brawl. Uh, that was also something I did notice, um, here against Rose, which was interesting because if you look at like the Joanna fight, Joanna is a lengthier ranger fighter and she did not have as much trouble. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's the the approach and the game plan that she might have had for this one that led to her not being able to find her range as well, where she was maybe more not grappling, you know, oriented in her thought process. But uh, yeah, that was that was something to to note out, Yusuf. Um, Ghost says, Paulo Costa also fights at fight ready, but doesn't fight with any strategy, but Whaley follows their game plans. <laughs> well, there is that. 
Uh, Rain says, I don't think highly of those guys. There you go. Uh, James says, all those guys you mentioned don't know anything about the fight game. There you go. <laughs> uh stamina says i know all those people they don't tend to agree enough as for all of them to have said the exact same thing on that topic i think sammy is being a tad economical with accuracy there always possible uh go says just think about this eight weeks with henry cejudo with all the improvements think two years two years more training with henry i mean yeah scary thought there uh, Go says, think about how happy she was when she walked out and after the fight, she even said she loved training. Yeah, no, her energy was very uh, contagious all week. You know, being around her, she was very happy. Uh, all the interactions I had with her, you know, she really brightened my day just chatting with her briefly and all that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, she seemed in a very good place, not not taking the moment too seriously, which obviously sometimes that can be a bad thing, but I think it. You know, she she did it right in terms of, you know, taking in the vibes and all that kind of thing. So in a good place mentally, she was this time around. Not that she wasn't the first time, but, you know, she talked a lot about the focus and all that. <clears throat> uh, Joseph asks. Sorry about that. Uh, what were your thoughts on Dean ripping her saying she was scared Rose was going to KO her again? Um, so yeah, I noticed that on the rewatch, obviously couldn't hear it live being there, but, um, I mean, and I wouldn't say ripping her. I definitely wouldn't say that he mentioned it. Um, I, I mean, I, of course it's going to be in the back of your mind, but I don't think she was scared necessarily, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't make too much of that, but Yusuf says Holloway lost twice to Volk last year. He became number one contender quickly. Very true, very true. Um, but we still have yet to see Yusuf if they will even make that trilogy. So obviously, we'll see what happens here this Saturday, but we will see, ultimately. That's still a hard hard sell, I think. I mean, at least for hardcores and everything. You should probably get away with it for the casuals, but yeah. Um, Anyway, final mailbag question. Just one more in here as we creep up on the hour mark. Uh, here, let me scroll. We got some fire here from Panny Tran, everybody. Uh, all right. So she starts off by saying, hashtag free Jessica Andrade. Uh, fuck it. Make Rose versus Valentina super fight. I know Stamina is going to love that. Whaley Yoana 2 can finally happen. And I already addressed that. I don't like that very much. Next, Andrade Carla, number one contender fight. Interesting path. That's a fresh matchup. I I mean, if if Marina's going to get the title shot, sure, do that. But then uh, he says, all five rounders, even on the pay-per-view main card. Uh, she says, excuse me, did I say he? Uh, Valentina would most likely beat Rose in her biggest fight to date, probably. And then Trilogy Nunes. Hashtag in before Julie Pena RNCs that ass. So <laughs> Panny coming in with some, I think, intentionally um, in in instigative uh, fire there. Um, don't necessarily agree with much any of that, <laughs> but it's fun to think about. So Valentina Rose Super Fight. No, 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 no disagree um and so this was kind of 
what I was getting at with the option, right? Dana mentioning we have an option for Rose. An Andrade trilogy fight would be the wild card here. Um, Andrade wants that. She will be back at Strawweight at some point, I think. Clearly, she's also stuck in limbo at Flyweight. Uh, they have that trilogy potential. Having had a win over Rose, it's just, it's just not the right one. It's like, how many times the same people are just fighting over and over? All the champions fighting, former champions fighting each other. You, except for Carla, <laughs> except for Carla, you can't, you can't keep doing that. And I think Dana's line of thinking: if it's not going to be Carla, it literally has to be Andrade or Marina. If he's thinking about Joanna, then get out of here. And I know that he had some recent comments saying, you know, it doesn't quite work that way for you to just come back and get that, which, yeah, she's coming off a loss, man. And she's lost to Rose twice as well. That can't be an option. No, no, no. So if Carla's not getting it, you guys, it it has to be Andrade or Marina. And I'm scared of that Andrade trilogy. As much as I love Andrade and they are one in one, she hasn't earned that just by fighting at flyweight. Um, that would be stupid. That'd be stupid right now. She should come back. And again, like I said, in response to Panny here, if uh, Marina gets a title shot, which would be justifiable, Andrade Carla makes sense. Do that on the same card. And if Carla beats Andrade, you cannot deny her any longer. You can't deny her right now, but you are doing it. So that's all we'll say for that. Then as for that bottom hashtag, Juliana Pena is not going to, our rear naked choke Nunes is not going to happen. Uh, Valentina would most likely beat Rose indeed. I don't, I don't think that one would be all too competitive, uh, as good as Rose is, but I mean, Hey, we're having these thoughts about her not even having won a recent fight. So is what it is. And then trilogy there. We'll see if that ever comes to fruition. Um, ghost says, I thought Whaley was doing a good job getting Rose to overextend a few times, which was cool. Second and third where Whaley pulled and countered nicely. Yeah, man. She she had some very good moments indeed and, you know, connected with some big shots. Uh, Yusuf says, commentary was biased to Rose also. I don't know about that. I thought it was pretty fine throughout. I, 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 didn't, uh, I didn't think it was too bad. And oh, there we go. Where's the shenanigans stamp? Ugh, shenanigans to everything about this question. It's actually, there's no questions involved, are there? So this is just mail. Uh, so that's why we're not calling it Twitter questions anymore, right? It's just the mailbag. Uh, put a match to it. It's only good for burning. There you go. <laughs> uh, Joseph says, what round will Nunez teach Benny a lesson in respect? Uh, first round. First round. Um and yeah, uh, Rue, it, it's your good point. These aren't questions, actually. It's just uh, just mail. So <laughs> Panny, as I said, coming in hot with uh, with whatever that was. <laughs> shenanigans. I need my shenanigans stamp. So apologies, guys. If Yusuf wasn't going to do it, somebody else had to. She took the reins. <laughs> took the reins on the return of the mailbag, the return of myself and the WMA Today podcast. So. <clears throat> With that in mind, let's move to the news, everybody. We got some stuff that is left over from last week because we took that week off. As you can see, Steve had some things going on, and he does today, obviously. So we will get to the first order of business, 
which is in the super atomweight division, Mizuki Nisei Osh uh, Oshiro um, is taking on Eric Hoga at Ryzen 32 in Okinawa. And that is on November 20th coming up here in just next week. Wow. Time is flying, you guys. Um, we're almost to the end of the year. Almost getting to Christmas time. But Nisei and Koga both making their Ryzen debuts. Nisei, you have to think. Um, and I'm going to say have to think. Yeah. Nisei getting the shot in Ryzen only because she is from Okinawa and pretty popular there. Uh, three and four in her career has shown glimmers of potential with, you know, a big win over the legendary Satoko Shinashi in like her second or third career fight. Uh, big win there, but just hasn't quite been able to hang with the rest of the top prospects in the Adam Wade division. Um, I believe Oshima has a win over her, Sibu Park, some others come to mind. You know, that, that kind of mix there. She, she's kind of not been able to get past them. Uh, great win over Mizuki Furuse in the main event of Deep Jewels. What was it? 34, the last event she headlined and got a good ground and pound stoppage there and then gets this shot in Ryzen. And then taking on Koga, who just got the win over Eru Takabayashi her last time out, which, you know, bummer for us Takabayashi stands because I know I'm not the only one anymore, but Koga... Looks solid out there. And I mean, she kind of she kind of primarily won that fight because of the fact that Takabayashi fell to the ground a couple times by going for some wild kicks and then Koga got on top of her and she couldn't quite get off. So Koga, good prospect as well. Uh, this should be a pretty fun competitive fight, but neither necessarily ready for, I wouldn't necessarily say ready for the rising stage or at least at the very least the heights of the Atomweight division. So I wouldn't, not at all expect uh, either to, you know, be taken on the uh, Hamasakis, Asakuras, uh, the Miyus even just yet. And even Oshima, who, as I said, I, I believe that she has submitted Nisei. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that they have fought and Nisei has lost to her. So, uh, yeah, it's just it is what it is. Should be should be pretty fun, though. Um, James says. <clears throat> what did you guys think of Henry being surprised that Whaley trains jujitsu wrestling and striking separately and that she hasn't really done that much MMA training before? I didn't know about that, James. So uh, seems like a question for the other guys as you're not really sending it directly my way, which is fine. Um, Joseph says, what injury or reasons Nina had? We'll get to that, Joseph. Um, I'm, I'm not sure, though. <laughs> to answer you right away, I'm not sure what the reasoning was for that. And Go says, yep, this year is going by fast. It feels like life is just slipping away. Man, oh, man, it does. So wild times, man. 2022 is rapidly approaching. And uh, that's exciting because that means rising New Year's Eve shows. And we got plenty more coming with the Trigger Series, which will be the week after this show, and then the landmarks and all that. So looking forward to more rising at the very least. So, uh, yeah, more atom weight action. More, more atom weights is never a bad thing. Let's just leave it there, even though I kind of disagree with... I don't disagree with that fight happening. I think that's a fine matchup, but... I uh, didn't... I would have expected someone like Sekizawa to get to rise before <laughs> Nisei. Let's, let's leave it at that. Uh, but that's okay. It doesn't hurt nobody. I love seeing the opportunities. 
Um, all right. So then news in the flyweight division. Let's pull up the picture. As Sajara Eubanks and Melissa Gatto will meet on December 18th. Uh, was that UFC Vegas 45? I believe it is also it's on the lineup for something else here. Yes. UFC Vegas 45. That's the same card as uh, the Nunez news. Nina Nunez news. Um, this matchup caught me off guard a lot. Big time surprise here. Sajara Eubanks, obviously uh former supposed to be flyweight title challenger in her debut uh former ranked bantamweight back in the flyweight division now looking great at least from what we saw in her last fight and now taking on melissa gato who has been in the ufc for a while but finally got to make her debut in her last time out and looked great in doing so but man this is uh potentially another one of those thrown to the wolves situations i I was very surprised to see this and maybe some big faith in Gato. I mean, I, I think she looked phenomenal. She, I mean, her career up until making the UFC, she looked pretty darn good, but she looked levels better by taking out uh, Victoria Leonardo the way she did. <clears throat> and yes, it's Victoria Leonardo, but this is going to be a tough one. Uh, I, I don't know if I like it. <laughs> I don't know if I like it in the sense that Sajara really kind of should not be taking on an undefeated prospect like Melissa Gatto after returning to flyweight and doing what she did uh, her last time out. So this is weird. I don't, I don't really like it actually at all, but uh, it'll be interesting. This is a big one for Gatto. Obviously she can really advance herself a bit uh, with that, with a win here, but weird, 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 weird. Don't know what the thought process was here. Um, so yeah, should be good time on that card as we have more news coming as i mentioned so and speaking of deep jewels my goodness you guys the best posters in mma i don't know them and ryzen i think deep jewels is better though because they're just like they get everybody involved it's all just a big party on here and the color scheme the way that they have the textures there's takabayashi king reina right in the middle uh Oh, we got Bruce A right there. I am Murakami. Good stuff. It's it's the, the last deep show of the year, I believe. They're, they're posters, though. Just chef's kiss. Beautiful. Um, so Deep Jewels 35 will take place on December. Oh, I don't know. I didn't put it on the tracker there. What does it say? 12-11. All right. December 11th. Same night. Uh, well, not the same night because it'll be in Japan, but same calendar date as UFC 269. And on that card, obviously, I, I think the whole lineup is out now, but among the more notable matchups, we have Takabayashi taking on Mori Suda, uh, Ayamurakami against Furuse, and King Reina versus Teya. And I'm not sure if that Murakami Furuse fight is at micro weight because Murakami has been competing in that division since she fell out of the Atom Weight tournament due to the illness that she had. Uh, Murakami looking phenomenal there, though. And Hey, maybe that could be a fun future title fight against uh, Oshima at the at the rate that she's progressing, uh, Murakami, that is. And they could have maybe fought in that Atomweight tournament. So both two tiny and talented individuals. Uh, but again, I don't know if that's Atomweight or not, because I don't I don't think Furuse has ever fought below Atomweight. And again, Microweight is a very, very new 
concept <laughs> over in Deep Jewels. Um, so yeah, gonna be fun though. I, I love me some Deep Jewels, man. And if you're not on board with them yet, you guys, what are you waiting for? It's been a pretty solid year for that organization and closing out with uh, some more fun. Um, Stamina says, Drake, do we need to upgrade your StreamYard plan so you don't look so pixelated? I also don't like uh, Eubanks Gato. Feels like a mismatch to me. Yes, a mismatch. And yeah, I did upgrade, man. I don't, I think it's simply just my connection and it's just being extra awful today. I am full potato. Might as well just hide my face over here and become a little bubble with my old, very outdated picture. But that's no fun, is it? Rather potato than nothing. It frustrates me a lot, Stamina. I'm well aware. I fucking... drives me crazy. Um, I need to fix it. I know. Uh, but yeah, uh, Eubanks Gato, not not big on that. And James says great stuff in response to his question. Uh, Rain says, off topic, what are... Drake, what are your thoughts on the Colby, Whaley, and Chandler moment? Thought the person asking the question wanted Colby to say something racist. <laughs> um, well, knowing Gabriel Gonzalez, uh, a good friend of mine, I I don't believe that was his intention. I I think he was maybe curious of like if Whaley would say something, you know, about him if she knew about his kind of character because of course Whaley is very, you know. You know, uh, or, or Colby, excuse me. Colby's very, his character's the way that it is. But uh, no, I thought that was brilliant. That was my, that was one of my favorite parts of the whole week. That was very funny. Um, just like the, the way that, she, my favorite thing was just the way she patted him on the head, I thought was hilarious. Um, yeah, very wholesome, wholesome Way Lee moment, that's for sure. And then Chandler getting in on that. Uh, loved it. I love, I absolutely loved it, Rain. That was, I want more of that stuff in my, my MMA. So uh, yeah. I enjoyed that quite much at the press conference. Um, all right. As we move on here, back to full screen potato temporarily there. We have a retirement fight, you guys. And uh, a little bit, the old school throwback Japanese style a little bit. Um, as Roxanne Mataferi is set to retire in her next bout when she takes on Casey O'Neill at UFC 261 on February 12th. Location, I believe, is to be determined. Um, I haven't seen one for that pay-per-view yet, but here we are. Casey O'Neill making that climb up the ranks. If she knocks off Roxy, she's going to be top 10. And I don't, I don't think she's top 10 yet, right? Oh, number 15, it says right there on the screen. So thank you for this excellent poster, whoever made this. Um, and I mean, Roxy number 11, but if she beats her good winning streak, she'll get right in there. And uh, a pretty good stylistic matchup, I think. Um, I'm going to lean Casey early here. I mean, Tyler Santos just had her way with Roxy, but Tyler Santos is... The, a little bit of the future of the division as well, I believe. S someone who isn't, unfortunately, Tyler Santos and probably not getting as much love as, let's say, the Casey O'Neills or the, you know, Barbers and other young up-and-coming fighters in the division because of the fact that she's not as young as them. And maybe marketability will play into it, but Tyler Santos is a better fighter than all of them, which is funny enough. So 
Uh, I just had to get that in. But yes, Casey O'Neill with a win here uh, is going to be all that much closer to a very uh, quickly earned title opportunity. And I could see her pulling it off. But Roxy and her retirement fight <clears throat> got some pretty damn good motivation there. And good to see her call when she's gonna go out and i say that this is kind of old school japanese style because if you're aware with aware of how a lot of the legendary fighters let's say the megumi fujis or what have you uh have gone out they'll do it where they let it be known that they're gonna do their retirement fight and then they'll typically take on let's say uh somebody where it becomes like a changing of the guard potentially kind of fight so Somebody like O'Neill, who is coming up and still kind of a prospect looking to become a contender with a win here. So for Fuji, in that case, it was Jessica Aguilar, who was, uh, you know, also one of the best strawweights in the world at that time uh, and eventually became the number one. But kind of that changing of the guard type of style in a, in an expected retirement. So kind of cool to see uh, from Roxy. And of course, she would do that. So. Um, Joseph says Modafferi will be known for beating an overrated barber. All right, Joseph, let's not say that now. <laughs> that is that is 100% not true. <laughs> um, maybe by casuals, but definitely not the rest of the MMA world. So wish her all the best beyond and in the fight, but it will be a tough one. Um, all right, so Scott asking... Drake, do I know why Macy Barber pulled out of the Blanchfield fight injury? So good timing, Scott, because that is what we're about to talk about next. Macy Barber is out of her fight at UFC 269 with Aaron Blanchfield. Originally, that was supposed to be Macy Barber against um, who was she taking on? Macy Barber was fighting somebody else. You guys can help me out. I don't remember. She was supposed to take on somebody else. Blanchfield comes in to take her on. And then Barber goes out and in comes Random Maverick, which I forgot to put on the ticker. Sorry, guys. I'm all over the place these days. Let me adjust that real quick. Macy Barber out of the Aaron Blanchfield fight at Las Vegas. Miranda Maverick steps in. So this is like... <clears throat> The same type of thing with with uh, the Barber Blanchfield matchup is like, oh, you're having these two young, very promising, likely future contenders, at least in some cases, uh, coming up and taking one of them out potentially. Like, and for Blanchfield, likely fast tracking, which. I again, I she's the truth. I am super duper high on Aaron Blanchfield. Have been her whole career. She's legitimate, but it, I I don't know how much I really like the fast tracking idea. And we're still getting that here because Miranda Maverick kind of in that same boat. I'm I'm on board with her as well. One of them is going to get set back and then get pushed up higher than maybe they should be at this stage, especially in Blanchfield's fight. Uh, in her case, because this is her second UFC fight, but. I don't know. I don't know. It's tricky. I think this will be awesome to Invicta alum to very, very talented young individuals should be a great fight. But um, yeah, in terms of that long-term kind of investment and in looking at it for how young they are, 
it feels weird to me. It feels weird to me. But again, I, I've very much, I'm very high on both of them. I enjoy both of them as individuals and uh, <clears throat> fighters alike. Should be a very good fight. But yeah, Scott, I don't know what Barbara's issue was. I think uh, it's a wise choice to, you know, avoid Aaron Blanchfield because that would have, that would have likely not been great for her um, in that scenario. But I don't know what the issue was. Uh, maybe injury. Who knows? Um, ah, stamina. That was it. He says, Macy versus Montana De La Rosa. I'm pretty sure that was it. Thank you, sir. Um, and he agrees that he 100% does not like Miranda versus Aaron, stunting the progress of one of them. For what reason? Nope, not into it. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. But UFC wants a quick replacement jump in there. So is what it is, unfortunately. Um he says, I respect the grind ethic from both of them. It should be said. Yeah, exactly. See, they're both absolute gamers and willing to take that the short notice leaps on multiple occasions. I mean, goodness, Aaron Blanchfield was going to take on Norma Dumont. Do you remember that? That that was uh it's very good that that did not happen. Um Scott says, no doubt Blanchfield is a real deal. Yep, you know it, man. She is uh awesome and hoping. Hoping, spoiler alert, hoping to catch up with her soon. Uh, I have actually never spoken one-on-one -on -one with Aaron, so would love to get to do that before this fight. And I mean, I'll be there anyway, so we'll definitely find a moment here or there. So UFC 269, there we are. <clears throat> so, all right, let's get that off the screen. As we move on to the news that came today, uh, as Ghost quickly chimes in, hopefully Maverick can get back on track, but there's no layup, not at all, not at all. So yeah, one of those fights where it's a bummer, one of them has to lose, big time bummer that one of them has to lose. Um, but as mentioned earlier in the show, Nina Nunez is out against Amanda Lemos on December 18th at UFC Vegas 45 in Steps, Angela Hill. A bummer for Amanda Lemos, who, if she was to get in there and take out Nina Nunez, which was a pretty logical matchup, jumps her up probably further than beating Angela Hill will. But this should be a pretty fun fight. Um, Angela, of course, very tough, always in the fight, going to bring the action to a very powerful and very dangerous Amanda Lemos, whether it's on the feet or on the ground. She's knocking out, knocking down everybody, has submission skills. Um, she's just overall the better fighter, I believe. So I give her the early lean, not to make a prediction, but Amanda Lemos is uh, on a warpath right now, and I am looking forward to seeing her back. Bummer that you know Nina's out. Don't know what happened with her, but yeah. Leave it to Angela Hill to step on in and uh, female cowboy it up, as I think somebody said earlier, talking about fighters taking their replacement fights. Uh, Angela Hill always wanted to do that. So very, very active. And that goes down the week after uh, Blanchfield and Maverick, which Marcus comes in here and says, Miranda versus Aaron Blanchfield fight. Well, time for me to jump off my bridge in which I don't like this fight at all due to me having to choose one over the other. There you go. There you go. Exactly, Marcus. It's a big time bummer in that regard. Um, and Go says, what would this mean? What would a win mean for Lemos? It would just means, I mean, maybe a little bit better exposure because Angela has been 
obviously more active and she's more out there in the public than Nina is. But uh, essentially, a win means an extension of her win streak. You know, I don't think it means maybe as much as a uh, as a Nina win would, even though Nina, you know, hasn't won since before the pregnancy and all that. But I don't know. It, it extends the winning streak. Either one would have. But exposure wise, I guess this is probably better for Amanda. So, yeah, there's that. And. Stamina says, don't like this one either, Dag Nabbit. I was down to watch Nina eat some serious leather. Angela Cowboy Hill, meh. <laughs> there you go. There you go. None of these were original plans, though, right, you guys? Let's look at it that way. These last two fights were not the original plans. So take that for what you will. As that is the last bit of news on the docket today before we get to the fights this weekend let me make sure everything is in order real quick looks good seven fights to talk about between two different cards um stamina mentions real quick hill is tenured just not so credible oh well yep well said uh markets agrees but angela is durable but still meh Rue excited to see he'll get smashed. There you go. <laughs> the uh, the chat's favorite fighter. Um, but are they as much of a favorite as we head into Bellator 271? As Miss Valerie Loretta returns to take on Taylor Turner. And everybody get your flags out, huh? Can we get the flags out right now? Kana gang, where you at? Need me some Kana back in our lives. Uh, can't wait for Kana to return. I mean... Healing up from after her surgery she had on the broken orbital. Don't know what she's been up to lately, aside from getting swollen, swollen the gym, and then, you know, doing some cosplay with Rena Panchan. You love to see it. That's our gal. Get the flags out um, because it's Valerie Lareda time. <laughs> so, Valerie Lareda, Taylor Turner. Uh, there we go. Waves banner in Kano. We stand. Love to see it. The support alive and well <clears throat> as Valerie Lareda gets ready for Taylor Turner. Her first fight since the defeat to Hannah Guy, which was five months ago now. And Taylor Turner coming in, having not fought since the submission win and just recently, a month, almost two months ago, practically. Um, and then before that, two prior losses with her first appearance in Bellator. Uh, no, no, her first, her debut was when she spoiled Heather Hardy uh, at that ground and pound two years ago. Oh, man, crazy how that Heather Hardy experiment, how long ago that was now, um, as as the as they come back in. Uh, <laughs> right, it says, Conan Arena is my wet dream. Well, there you go. Um, they are a dynamic duo, to say the least, but a little TMI there, buddy. Um, not for Steve, but yeah, uh, waving the banner kind of army. There we go. You guys love to see it. Um, yeah. So Taylor Turner is back in Bellator after going one and one in her previous efforts. Alejandra Lara, the second time around where she got TKO'd and then Valerie looking to rebound. So <clears throat> we know kind of what the expectation from Bellator is, you know, they want to get Valerie a, Another win, get her back in there, um, in the win column, that is. And, yeah, 
We'll see, though, because Taylor Turner has obviously played spoiler before. She is much larger than uh, Loretta, as you can see, 5'10 to 5'4 within the reach and a former, well, at least her last fight was at Bantamweight. So size advantage is going to be on Taylor Turner. This is a little bit of a trap fight, I think. You know, Taylor obviously has a good amount of experience, has fought some very talented individuals such as Lara and, you know, Hardy, of course. Um, and whereas Loretta fought a lot less experienced opponents, as you can see, I believe, if the math is right here, uh, at the times of their fights, it's probably pretty close that Taylor Turner might have the same amount of fights fights as all of uh, Lareda's opponents combined. <laughs> Maybe. Not great at math and not willing to do it right this second, but yeah, is what it is. So potential trap fight here for Lareda, and that's kind of the thing is now she's in a position where maybe stuck having to fight, can consistently fight up when you might not necessarily be totally ready for what this top tier promotion has to offer you. But as we have seen, Valerie Lareda does have some pretty solid power at 125 pounds when she lands. She is, you know, she's solid at what she does. And what she doesn't do well, she does not really do well. And I apologize if you guys are seeing me itching my ears. They're very itchy right now for some reason. <laughs> Just to address that, if you have noticed, um, it's not the hair. Maybe it's the hair. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, in this fight... Valerie kind of has to do her thing, which is honestly make it a boring fight by fighting at distance, picking her shots, trying to outpoint Taylor and wait for that perfect opportunity, which she has done essentially in all of her wins, you know, to get the uh, get the nods there. And whether it's with the knockout or decision, because um, I mean, honestly, I think that's something we talk about every time we talk about Loretta is the fact that her fights really are not that fun and she doesn't look too amazing until she gets the highlight reel finish, which that's okay. You know, you're getting the job done, but there's still obviously a lot of work to be done. And Hannah guy pretty much exposed her for the most part. So Taylor's going to want to replicate that same kind of performance. And I think she has a probably better shot, at least from what we've seen from her in the past against like the likes of Heather Hardy, for example. She is quite capable of doing that. She gets you down. She can get you down and then uh, make it a little bit ugly for you. So, <clears throat> and then with these reach advantages, going to be tough for Lareda to actually fight at <laughs> distance. So Bellator not actually doing her too, too well of favors here. So it should be pretty interesting. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I can't break it down too thoroughly because you know, I think we kind of know at this stage what we're getting from Valerie. And who knows, maybe she'll show some huge improvements and new wrinkles in uh, in her rebound effort after first loss. We'll find out. But I think I'm going to lean Taylor Turner. I, I really do. Until, until we see otherwise. So with that in mind, I'm going to say... I'm going to say, I'm just going to say decision to say, stay safe. So unanimous decision for Taylor Turner. Uh, Valerie did show some pretty good toughness against Hannah Guy, but we'll find out on Friday. <clears throat> so Stamina says, can someone teach me how to pretend I'm interested in a Loretta fight? I clearly can't muster it off my own steam. So 
So there you go. Kind of uh, what I was alluding to right before that. <clears throat> and Ghost going back to the con. Well, always sticking with the con. Chat. He asks, I saw con on Panchan cosplaying. Are they training together? They don't. I don't think they've. I'm sure they've trained together before Ghost. They don't train together regularly. But um, yeah, I've never seen any or heard them talk about actually training together, just doing kind of, you know, just hanging out together, having fun with their uh, their little YouTube videos and whatnot. So um, and like working out maybe in the gym rather than actual MMA training or uh, striking, I would imagine, since Panchan, you know, was a kickboxer, but. Um, wouldn't be a bad thing. That'd be great. They they should they should do that actually more often. I know Panchan is small, um, at least in terms of her weight, but uh, not a bad striker for Kana to work with. You know, so I don't hate that idea. They should they should get on that. Good 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 thought there. Um, Rue says, "Well, Loretta has to be somewhat good." Joanna was her sparring partner, and she replicated Whaley. <laughs> Uh, doesn't always translate that way. <laughs> doesn't always translate that way. Um, and he says, according to Joanna, unless that's an insult to Whaley, there's, there's also that. Yeah. Um, I think at this stage that would definitely be insulting. <laughs> Stamina says has to be in quotes, mighty trusting of you. Uh, yes, they are teammates. So that's Joanna being a good teammate potentially. Uh, maybe not. I might not even throw the potentially word in there, but so yeah, that is Loretta versus Taylor Turner. <clears throat> As we move on to more flyweight action, the fight that is perhaps low-key banger of the whole weekend, it is Bruna Allen versus Desiree Ganez. Very excited to see Dirty Des back in there. Uh, sooner rather than later, of course, came up short against an on-fire Vita Ortega in her Bellator debut, but now she's getting back in there, staying active against Bruna Allen, who... At a time, I had a lot of faith in her going, maybe not to the top, but fairly far. And she's just been incredibly, incredibly inactive in recent years. Obviously, Juliana Velasquez, her last fight was a loss. Of course, no shame in that. She's the champ. Nearly two years ago, before that, her last win against uh, Caliando, who just got her first Bellator win, looked great out there, did uh, Alina. That was two years, three months ago. Christina Williams, nearly three years ago, she beat Vita, which, you know, around the time when Bruno was really looking sharp, looking great, uh, almost five years ago. Like, this is crazy, you guys. Bruna Ellen has been, and she's still just 25, though. So, I mean, it's not not the end of the world. This is, uh, it's great to see her back. Um, I kind of forget that she was actually that young. So, very exciting. Hopefully, she can get more active and, you know, essentially just get more active uh, in this division. So there's plenty of great names there. She showed a lot of good potential early on. If she can just get get back to being active and uh, make some improvements where we've seen her struggle and, you know, tough fights against Velasquez and then Christina Williams was kind of a weird one. Christina Williams was, a, was hot there for a moment, but that passed by. Um, so, yeah, when Bruna Ellen... What she's showed us in the past, if she can get back to that form, and if not a little bit better, we're going to have an awesome fight on her hands. And Desiree Yanez, of course, maybe shaking off the rust a little bit against Vita her last time out. And then before that was completely miserably robbed against Melissa Martinez, Super Melly. Um, 
yeah, this can be a great fight because Yanez has looked awesome throughout her career, aside from maybe that that last fight can do it all. Uh, ate a lot of shots against Vita, has to work on that defense a bit, but against Ellen, who might be shaking off some rust this time, I think it lines up perfectly for a pretty damn good scrap. And um, wherever the fight goes, e each have their their strengths and weaknesses, whether it's on the ground or on the feet. But I expect this one to take place mostly on the feet. Um, Yanez looking to work her boxing and Ellen maybe, <clears throat> maybe trying to close the distance, get her against the cage. One thing I always remember from Bruna Ellen on her come up was she was very, very good at uh, chaining her takedowns um, at the end of her combinations. She was very good at that, but has kind of lost that a little bit, at least in the recent years. So maybe she can get back to that form. At least she should try and do that and get Des on her back. Easier said than done, but yeah. Rain says, this end of the year run of fight cards is awesome. Finally, some great fights we can look forward to 100%. It has been a good old time to close out the year, as it usually is, as it usually is. So with this fight, though, as we've been talking here, I think I'm going to have to go towards uh, Desiree almost, I don't want to say exclusively because of the, the time away for Ellen, but because she's also just shown, you know, some pretty good overall well-roundedness. She can really do it all. And with Ellen, we've seen where she's kind of struggled against maybe lengthier, more talented strikers, uh, in, you know, obviously Velasquez is kind of an exception, but I think Yanez, you know, not big, big reach advantages or whatever, don't have the reach there on uh, Ellen. But I think the size will be in her favor, definitely. And I mean, she has fought at strawweight before, you know, but um, Ellen just, I feel like she looks a lot smaller than actually what the numbers say. So they could be off. I don't know, but she, she seems like a very small flyweight to me. Um, we'll see how they match up against each other. But Desiree Yanez can hit pretty hard and uh, it's proven to be pretty strong out there. So it's an interesting one. It's a tough one to pick, but I think activity <clears throat> will give the slight edge to uh, Inez in this one. Ultimately, I'm very much looking forward to this fight. will be a good one. <clears throat> so I'm going to go Dirty Dez on that one. Uh, as we go to another kind of sleeper here over the course of the weekend, Right as our man Alvin chimes in, I need I need Nick's soundboard with uh, Steve saying Alvin's name when uh, Steve is not around. He says, "Good evening, Mr. Riggs. I hope you enjoyed UFC 267 and 268. I definitely did, pal. Uh, they were absolutely fantastic events. All the fighters performed at their best and at such a had on such a great platform. Yes, yes, I couldn't agree more, man. Thanks for tuning in as always, Alvin. Better late than never. The shows were fantastic." I am, uh, yeah, loving the stretch that we're on right now. Good stuff, and appreciate your positivity, as always, my man. So, as we carry onward, we get to the featherweight fights. As the title looms large, beforehand, we have former title challenger against a former champion in Invicta. The Anger Fist, Arlene Blanco, taking on Pam Bam Sorensen. Good fun nicknames there. Uh, Pam's second fight in Bellator uh, after making the successful debut against um, Roberta Samad. And then Arlene, fresh off a 
fucking beaut of a knockout against Diana Silva three months ago. Before that, obviously dropped the loss uh, to Cyborg. No shame there. Man, tough fights for Pam in her first two bouts, but this is where she belongs. She should be uh, a win away from the title. You know, if she, if she, well, if she beats Arlene, she should get a title shot. I mean, that's just kind of how it is, actually. Sorry, Kat. Look at who you've been beating. Not quite the same. You haven't beat someone like Blanco. Blanco has only lost to the best the division has to offer in a long time. You know, I, I don't have the full record here, but I know it's only Cyborg and Julia Butter, the only ones who can beat her. She's pretty much the uh, the Intercontinental Champion of the Featherweight Division in Bellator. So, uh, and still doing what she should out there by scoring knockouts like against Silva. Um, she is dangerous on the feet, only getting better, working at Jackson Wink. Uh, one of the remaining Jackson Wink fighters to uh, look good, I guess you could say. Not to knock on them in their camp, but they have their issues, obviously, uh, for multiple reasons. But uh, Arlene Blanco is looking great, still, still looking great, despite uh, being nearly 40 now. And then Pam finally getting to a big stage here, a big opportunity for her. Got past the trap fight of her own against Roberta Samad, managed to make it work. Uh, struggled a bit in some grappling exchanges there, which we knew would have been the case. Don't think Arlene is going to want to take her to the ground. Arlene is quite the striker, of course. Uh, can she hang on the ground? Yes. But will she want to go there? No. Pam will want to go there. She should look to go there. Um, <clears throat> obviously, as Cyborg submitted Blanco, that doesn't really mean much for everybody else because it's Cyborg and she is multi-talented. In very in a very high way, I guess you could say in an elite type. I, I don't know what I'm getting. You know what I mean? Um, but for Blanco, her her path to a loss here would be for Sorensen to out wrestle her, which in regard that is path to victory for Pam Sorensen. Uh, she'll have to get inside of, you know, the jab and the sharp boxing that Blanco presents. And her power, which, you know, it is uh, not, not not something that many can handle. And I remember speaking to Marlis, Marlis Kunin uh, exactly about her when she fought Blanco, actually, and said she was one of the hardest people she's ever fought. And if you know Marlis Kunin, one of the pioneers of this sport, one of the best to ever do it, she has fought a lot of people, <laughs> very many people. And uh, has fought Cyborg. So she said that Blanco is right up there with Cyborg in terms of hardest hitter she's ever fought. She fought Cyborg twice, by the way. Um, so, yeah, Pam needs to avoid that power at all costs. Really make this a tight, ugly fight, as she generally does and has her most, most success at. Um, but, again, Arlene is kind of figuring out that that's where, <clears throat> excuse me, that's where people want to take her because... She's a striker. I mean, that's just that's just plain and simple the truth there. So <clears throat> we know what each will want to do in this one, and it will be fun to see it play out. Um, James asks, do you think Blanco is like Whaley? Only Rose beat her. Uh, in a way, that's a fair comparison. You know, one of those fighters who beats everybody except for the champ. So, I mean... 
Whaley was a champ. Blanco has never been a champ, so I wouldn't quite put them in that same boat, James. Uh, yes, Blanco has a good case to have have beaten Julia in their rematch, but you know she didn't, and then lost to Cyborg. Blanco never been champ, but she's one of those fighters who clearly beats everybody that isn't the champ. So I don't know if I'd say exactly like Whaley, but that type of person. Who's another good example? Joseph Benavidez, you know, a great one. Faber, um, those those kind of guys. And then even Faber was a WEC champ, which people just kind of completely forgot. Uh, as much as I'm not really a Faber fan, you got to credit him there because that was just the same division, just not in the UFC. So with um, with this fight, though, I believe, uh, yeah, it's like, as much as we want to see Pam succeed and inject that new life into the, uh, the, the, the promotion, I guess, in the division, particularly give, give cyborg some new blood to fight. It's, it's just going to be tough, man. I think Blanco is, is too good. She's a perennial. She's a champ that without a belt has, she's been one of those fighters. So, you know, <laughs> it's, it's one of those cases and um, she just hit so goddamn hard. And I don't think Pam's going to be able to avoid that for a full three rounds and manage to submit her maybe in the meantime. Um, that's her best bath, though. Make it ugly. Get in tight. Get her against the cage. Drag her into deep waters. And uh, that's her best chance. Otherwise, I think she's going to be in for a long night. And Blanco's going to defend most of that. She'll probably get taken down a couple times, but not going to be in danger. Uh, to the extent that Pam would need her in. So I'm going to take Blanco. I don't know about a finish because Pam is very tough as well, but I don't think Pam's actually ever been finished. I know only three losses there, but uh, oh, well, aside from the submission, he's never been finished by strikes. Uh, Felicia, you know, got the submission on her there, but I'm going to go Blanco by unanimous decision. She's just uh, still, still looking solid still looking very solid um let's see uh, um jimmy says hey drake i know you said the chat was pretty negative the past few weeks but it looks like alvin was positive so you can lump all of us under that label nice try jimmy <laughs> oh you can't is what he's saying oh <laughs> you can't <laughs> uh alvin is perpetually positive though jimmy come on now um <clears throat> and stamina throwing in a random thing here about uh article i wrote saying this nico article i've done for bj Penn is hella hard to read homie not your best work i'm really struggling with syntax i apologize that was i'll admit that it was thrown together a little bit late as i got that in before the show here so uh i will take full responsibility with that maybe i will reshape it a little bit afterward but it's uh, it's, uh it's not meant to be my best work either, Stamina. I will openly admit that. I know I probably shouldn't, but it gets the point across, right? You, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, I probably should not have read or talked about that, but too late. Um, Jimmy says, disappointed that Whaley didn't get a lot of media coverage last week for the buildup. Was looking forward to seeing Whaley during the Embedded, but never saw her. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, I don't know what the purpose of that was. Of course, I'm happy to cover Whaley as often as I can and cover anyone who doesn't get the spotlight as much as they perhaps should. And that's all what I'm all about. So yeah, I don't know what was up with that. I had multiple people messaging me about it actually. 
Um, and James says, actually, Jimmy, she was well promoted on Chinese social media. That's good. Uh, and he says, there's a lot of content with Wei Li on Migu and WeChat. All right. You love to hear that. That is definitely, yeah, that's good. You love to see it, even though maybe we don't. <laughs> uh, all right. So title fight time. Main event, Bellator 271, Chris Cyborg, the featherweight champ, defending against Sinead Kavanaugh. The wild card we didn't see coming. Kavanaugh getting the title shot over Zingano. Ireland's finest here. Um, yeah, Ireland's finest at featherweight anyway. Uh, gets the opportunity in Hollywood, Florida. In the, uh, what, the big guitar, right? They're in the same building as the PFL was just a couple weeks ago when I was there. Cool venue, weird for MMA. I will say very odd MMA venue. Don't quite know if I like it for MMA, but it worked. It worked. It was fun, you know, but is what it is. Cyborg taking on Kavanaugh. Um, Cyborg will win this fight, of course. <laughs> uh, well, okay, hold, real quick. Ghost says Twitter chat does work, by the way. Just tried it for kicks. It works, Ghost, but I can't see the comments. That's what I mean by that. So the chat works. You can interact with Twitter people who are on the live stream uh, over there if you're watching on Twitter. But if you're on Twitter right now and trying to leave comments on Twitter, I do not see them. So I only see the YouTube ones. I don't know why StreamYard doesn't have that connection. So <clears throat> that's what I mean by that. Um, if there was confusion. But anyway, yes, yeah, Cyborg will win this fight. Um, I'm going to say I'm honestly going to say first round knockout. And the reason is because I think Sinead Kavanaugh is a pretty fun, good challenge here for Cyborg because she's not going to back down. I think she's going to come at her like she always does because the fighting Irish, right? If we're going to be totally honest. And that's just kind of how Kavanaugh works. Uh, big opportunity for her. Going to want to get back some wins for her fellow countrymen who suffered defeat uh, in their last fights. Well, Gallagher and then uh Queely in their big fights so i think kavanaugh is gonna walk forward bring the fight to the cyborg you know maybe uh land a couple here or there but then she's gonna get clocked because she's coming in looking to brawl with a cyborg which is not a good thing to do so she's gonna pay for it but it'll be fun while it lasts uh i think we'll see some old school cyborg in this one get the knockout in the first round even though kavanaugh is very tough not many can you know sustain that kind of power that she presents um and yeah Sinead is a vampire apparently as stamina points out tapology uh has no age so uh she's been alive for longer than we can possibly imagine <laughs> uh rain says truly the only fight that made sense for cyborg yeah i mean it's not it's not a lot crazier than the Zingano one, I mean, again, looking at who Zingano has beat at featherweight, it's uh, not super title worthy uh, in, in comparison, for sure. Um, Rue says, is Kavanaugh related to the SBG Ireland coach? Uh, no, they, I, I'm pretty sure they're not related. Uh, I know that she, she is an SBG fighter, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, but no, they're not 
related. <laughs> Stamina says, come on, Rue. <laughs> Last names uh, taken, taken precedent there. I'm pretty sure they're not. I'm pretty sure you're making you're making me confused now. <laughs> so yeah. But either way, should be a cyborg win. I think I don't I don't think there is uh too much to assess for this one. Cyborg is just that good still. Hopefully we get to see her uh, face Kayla Harrison sooner than later. I would much prefer that fight over the cat one. Nothing against cat, but know where these fighters are at in their stages of their career nonetheless belter 271 going down in florida on friday love to see so many ladies taking up the lineup four fights two at flyweight two at featherweight a perfect balance uh two up-and-comer kind of fights with Ginez and ellen and then loretta and turner especially and then uh, top ranked featherweights all around with Blanco versus Sorensen, which Pam should get. She should get the title shot if she wins. Blanco, she's stuck in a limbo now as well. And um, yeah, then the title fight, obviously. So, all right. With that in mind, UFC Vegas 42. As we approach the two-hour mark, making decent time. I'm getting quite hungry here on my own. It always it always uh, beats up the voice a little bit more. So <clears throat> appreciate you guys always bearing with me when we're solo, but still a good, fun time as always. UFC Vegas 42, as I mentioned, Holloway versus Yair in the main event. This fight uh, card going down Saturday, day after Bellator, and we will kick things off talking about um, some more flyweight action as a fight that was supposed to happen earlier in the year. Uh, Courtney Casey versus Liana Jojua, Jojua, excuse me, is going down. Um, finally, I don't remember when this was supposed to happen, but uh, Jimmy says not really related to the women, obviously, but he's excited for Holloway versus uh, Rodriguez. Yeah, should be a fun fight. And Courtney Casey versus Liana Jojua should be interesting, I will say. I don't think it'll be the best fight ever or anything like that. Um, you know, Jojua has not fought since her loss in Abu Dhabi to Miranda Maverick when uh, that was Maverick's debut, right? Um, TKO Dr. Stoppage had that cut on her nose, real nasty stuff. I think she's had some kind of additional issues with it, maybe, at least from what I've seen on social media, unless she's been reposting a whole bunch. Um, as for Courtney Casey, has been on the wrong end of a lot of fights recently. Uh, well, I guess just two in super recent times. Um, then had the win over Mara Romero Barella to knock her out of the UFC. And Casey's actually a pretty big favorite here. A decent favorite here. Moderate favorite. Um, the interesting thing with Jojua is <clears throat> I haven't been ultra impressed with her. And yes, she's very good at getting arm bars. And, you know, certain submissions, right? And she has a win over Marina Maknatkina, which is pretty impressive considering the size differences there. But against Morris, you know, she looked... That was just a horrible fight uh, from both of them. And she got finished by Sarah Morris. Like, that's just... That's a loss that's never going to age well. <laughs> that's just not a good indicator of 
potential, really. And then against Belbita, she was getting lit up on the feet until Belbita, you know, not so smartly followed her to the ground and got caught in a submission. And then against Maverick, she was getting tuned up on the feet as well. It's very strange. It's very strange with uh, Jojua because she's shown these glimmers on the ground. She's she's pretty serviceable on the ground. I mean, she kind of gassed out as well in that Morris fight. Just that was just bad. We should just not talk about that. Um, but on the feet, just has looked fairly lost, and which is very interesting because she trains so much with uh, Diana F. Saragova, her best friend, and then Irina Alexieva, who we talked about earlier, had the win in Bellator Moscow, who is a very solid striker. Um, <clears throat> and I mean, both of those ladies are very good grapplers too, so it makes sense that they're, all their grappling is very good. But like the grap, the the striking of F. Saragova and Alexieva compared to Jojua is like. It's a pretty big difference. <laughs> so I don't quite understand what's happening with that. And then Courtney Casey has really struggled as well at flyweight. Um, a lot of people think she beat JJ. I was like one of the few who thought JJ won that fight. Um, so we'll see what she can do here. Turn things around. It's been a while since that one. Again, this fight was supposed to happen earlier. So they've had extra time to prepare for each other. Casey is going to have the length advantages, which is crazy because she was a straw weight and Jojua is, has not ever been a straw weight as far as I know. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, this fight should, should be interesting while it lasts. It's not going to be the highest skilled fight whatsoever. Uh, this is one that Casey really needs to win. I think <laughs> obviously she'll be one in, uh, one in four here in her last five. If she is to lose to Jojua, her best bet is to keep it on the feet, I think. And you know, Casey has shown some solid grappling as well, but has been out grappled recently, you know, in some certain exchanges with Aldrich. And then Cillian Robertson really dominated her. Uh, the Barella win, obviously, she got an arm bar. Calvillo beat her pretty handily. She beat Angela Hill. If you remember that i i really don't remember that fight much at all actually now that i think about it casey versus angela hill that's crazy uh submitted randa marcos back in the day what was that ufc one ufc 202 actually so the best bet here is for casey to keep it on the feet i think she can probably hang a bit with jojua on the ground well can i think she can but it's not going to be wise because jojua has clearly shown to be her best on the ground but on the feet, still has a lot of work to do. Maybe she'll show some big improvements in this one. <clears throat> and I know that she uh, she was working with uh, Maria Agapova recently too, right? She cornered her for her last fight. So, hey, if uh, she's been training with her, that that's a good sign as well. A better striker than, uh, and probably a better striker than everybody I mentioned earlier that she's trained with. So we'll see how it goes. Ultimately, I'm very, very not not so confident in a pick for this one for either of them because, you know, as I said, they've both been kind of all over the place lately. But I think in because of the experience that is on Casey's side, I think I'm actually going to go with her. I think she'll be smart enough and to not follow Liana to the ground, maybe in a, a case like what we saw with Belbita. Um, but again, not super confident in that, but. I'll take Courtney Casey. She she's in a back against the wall kind of situation. I think those are always big moments for 
fighters and somebody like Casey who <clears throat> is uh, kind of self-aware. I think for the most part, I think she can pull it off. So I'm going to say unanimous decision probably. Definitely not a finish from her end. I mean, I, maybe she, she could submit jo Jojua, definitely. But I think it'd be more likely for Jojua to catch her. We'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, yeah, Marcus, exactly what I was saying. He says, Jojo versus Casey is a fight you don't want to bet on. Absolutely not. It is, it is a tough one. And Ruth says he's calling out Liana Jojo for making that ignorant post about Chinese people and dogs. Just complete ignorance. Yes, that was horrible. Um, yeah, very silly. Very silly uh, post that she made a while back. So, Gotta love it. <laughs> Gotta love it, Rue. Uh, yes, worth mentioning. Um, Stamina says, I'm going to bet you have nothing good to say about it once it's over, Marcus. What are the most recent odds? Uh, they should be the ones on the screen, right? Or are you talking about something else, Stamina? Because, right, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, getting dry. Getting dry here. Uh, Jojua, plus 175. <clears throat> Apologies, guys. Uh, to the minus 210 favorite of Casey. So that's that. Oh, man. Sorry, guys. My I've been dealing with like a dry throat all <clears> throat> since the since, since I got to New York, kind of. So it's been getting better, but oof, been a little bit rough though. Really annoying. Like <clears throat> at, at night, especially. Like when sleeping, I mean, so sorry about that. Don't know what's up there. So but yeah, Casey versus Jojua. So that is that fight as we hit the two-hour mark and get to a past opponent of Casey's, which is Cynthia Calvillo, who is filling in for, is it Jessica I was supposed to take on uh, KGB Andrea Lee. This fight at flyweight, uh, and I just realized actually it's all flyweight and featherweight fights this weekend. How funny is that? What a coincidence. Uh, Andrea Lee taking on Cynthia Calvillo now after snapping her three-fight skid against Antonina Shevchenko with just a brilliant performance. Fantastic stuff from Andrea in that one. She looked how we knew we knew she was. She showed what we knew she was capable of in that one. Got the triangle armbar um, four months ago, and then Calvillo off the heels of her first finish loss to Jessica Andrade. Um, just a month ago was at UFC. I I was there for that one, right? 266. Yeah. Uh, and then before that, I lost to Chukagian. I think that uh, this is going to be this is going to be a rough one for Cynthia Calvillo. Unless she gets back to a wrestling man, I'm still absolutely perplexed by the fact that she did not try a single takedown attempt on Jessica Andrade. And we knew we knew that was a complete nightmare mismatch on paper stylistic matchup for her against Andrade, but at least try to do what you're best at. She didn't even try to do that. So in this fight, she 100% should do that, which is try to wrestle and get Andrea to the ground. But then she's not going to be safe because as we've seen on the, the early side of Andrea's career, she's got pretty easy submissions despite her great striking. And then she showed it off against Antonina. You know, looked fantastic there. And yes, it was Antonina. Yes, it was Antonina. I always have to mention that who is, of course, not the greatest grappler defensively. Uh, 
Andrew, uh, Cynthia Calvillo much better in that entire department. But I think KGB can give her some fits on the ground and then definitely on the feed because Calvillo just, you know, she, she's got an all right jab and her, her hands are okay. They don't pack too much power whatsoever. And she was able to get past Jessica. I, which that was actually a performance where she utilized her wrestling. She's just been one of those fighters who has gotten away from what she's best at. Like you look at when she came onto the scene and she was beating the likes of, uh, well, was it ABC she made her debut against? And then she fought Pearl and she beat Pearl. Totally looked great with her uh, wrestling there and went went to her strengths. And she's just very much gotten away from that ever since, like about the Carla fight, which kind of crazy to think about, you know, how quickly she kind of fought Carla. And then was suspended for the weed thing, right? Um, there's an interesting path for Cynthia Calvillo, but... <clears throat> I think this is a tough matchup for her, and the odds are near even, as you can see. Minus 105 for Calvillo, minus 115 for Andrea. Um, I just think KGB a lot more dangerous everywhere, and unless Calvillo really gets back to just being an aggressive wrestler who does have a great killer instinct, like you look back at you know those early fights that she had, even against JoJo, um, She's she's good at finding the finish and she threatens with it a lot. At least she used to, but it's just we haven't seen that. So if she can get back to those ways, then she's gonna have a lot more, a lot better of a chance. But I I struggle to see it. You know, it's one of those things where I gotta see it to believe it. And yes, like another back against the wall situation. So I think if we're going to, it's gonna be here. But I mean, Andrea looked uh, rejuvenated in that last one, so that was good to see. I think that she just has the edge a little bit everywhere, except for the wrestling and even off her back. I think she will, she will be uh, able to maybe land some good shots, similar to a Whaley or let's say an Oshima and threaten with some submissions of her own. Um, <clears throat> Jimmy says, is Andrea Lee like Paige Van Zant? Low risk fight, but high notoriety. I would not No, I wouldn't make that comparison at all. Really? Um, yeah, not quite. I think this is high risk for, for uh, Kelly. Not high, not high risk necessarily, but it's a risk. I wouldn't say it's a low risk, Jimmy. I think it's pretty, pretty, you know, right, even keel. And then high notoriety. I don't think KGB's notoriety is that high these days. Um, after dropping three, uh, Ghost says Andrade. Excuse me, I can't even talk now. Andrade didn't even need to cut the cage off against Calvillo. Shows that high pressure breaks her, but high pressure breaks most women. Yeah, and um, I don't necessarily know if Calvillo will, uh, excuse me, if Lee will have that same approach, but wouldn't be a bad thing if you're going to take anything away there. Um, uh, Rain, yeah, great point. He says, didn't Calvillo even draw with Marina? Yeah, that's right. She was getting what I think she, if my memory serves me correctly, it was either the first or the third round. One of those, I, th I think it was probably, I don't remember the order of which it happened, but it was one of those classic, what, what happened to Marina in both of her, you know, what her draw fights with uh, Randa and Calvillo. She got 10-8'd in one of them with, uh, you know, her opponent getting her on the ground and holding her for most of the round and then doing some damage to get the 10-8. But then Marina just worked them in the, the next two rounds. Um, I think it was it was similar to that, whether it was the first or the third for Calvio, I don't remember. But um, yes, so Calvio, see when she goes for it, she can manage against some pretty good fighters. And yes, that was Marina. 
uh, before she really improved her grappling defense. But that's still still a pretty good feather in her cap, even if it was a draw. <clears throat> Stamina says Calvillo fighting to a draw with Rodriguez looks and feels even more weird to reconsider now. Yeah, exactly. You know that <laughs> that is very odd, very odd to remember. And Rue says, you mentioned this earlier. What would have happened if Whaley mounted Rose earlier in the third round? Do you think Whaley would have finished her from mount? I think there was a strong case of it, man. Whaley in that position is just absolute danger. Um, and I mean, just the the elbow and, you know, the very short shots she landed in that moment. You don't want to give her more of those. So she had Rose pinned in a very bad spot. And maybe if it wasn't going to be ground and pound, there could have been a submission there. And not, I don't know. It feels weird to think about Rose tapping. She probably would have gone out or let something snap if that was to happen. But yeah, I I, I wish there would have been more time to find out, man, because I think, uh, yeah, Whaley's chances were looking. They were looking pretty good right in that position. So we'll see if something like that happens here in Calvi versus Andrew Lee. <laughs> so... That is that, the last flyweight fight of the weekend as we get back to a return for Leah Letson, who takes on Felicia Spencer. Boy, oh boy, talk about a tough fight to come back to after how long has it been? Nearly three years since Leah Leon Letson has uh, fought and, you know, somebody who again was intending on dropping to bantamweight after arriving at the UFC. And you'll remember Leah Letson probably most for her head kick of Elizabeth Phillips in Invicta. At least that's what I do. That's where she really burst onto the scene nearly five years ago. Still just 29, but Leah Letson just, uh, you know, she hasn't quite shown anything crazy since then. She's solid and still a decent prospect, but we're here in this, this ridiculous featherweight quote-unquote division where Felicia Spencer... I should say in the UFC, of course, Felicia Spencer is one of the best featherweights in the world. And yes, she's had a bad stretch here recently uh, by taking on, of course, two of the goats, Nunes and Cyborg with the Zara Farron win mixed in. Well, what do you expect? No offense to Farron. And then uh, the loss to Norma Dumont, who I'm telling you guys is the real deal. Um, but stylistically, I I don't think Letson or I mean, just overall, Letson's not as good as Dumont. So. I don't expect her to be able to have that same success either. So this, I don't think should be a walk in the park for Felicia, but it's just a very tough, tough fight after such a long layoff for Leah. Um, would I give her better chances if she wasn't coming off of this? Yeah, for sure. But would she would I still pick her? No, probably not. <clears throat> and again, maybe a back against the wall ish fight for Felicia. I don't think she's, I wouldn't think she's going anywhere if she was to lose, but uh, I just, I just can't. I really just can't with the UFC's featherweight experiment anymore. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't even like to talk about th these fights. You know, like it bums me out so much. Um, 
and I, I really do like Felicia Spencer. I've, you know, talked to her a couple of times and great person, you know, good fighter, obviously one of the best featherweights, like I said, I, I just don't, I don't see what, uh, Letson can really do to her in this case, unless she's made some very big improvements as well. Since we last saw her when she had that win over, uh, Stoyarenko, which was a split decision, which I don't, I don't remember being that competitive. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. I don't remember it too much at all, but Felicia Spencer, we know when she gets you on the ground, she's uh, also incredibly dangerous. I think the size will be in her favor as it is against a lot of people. She is a natural featherweight. Letson again has fought at Bantamweight before. Um, Spencer will get to the ground at some point, uh, probably in the first round. Might not finish in the first round, but if she doesn't, she will in the second. So I'm going to say second round submission um, on the feet, I think, is where Letson's best chances will be. Probably probably wants to avoid getting too, too tight in the clinch or anything like that so the Spencer can take her down. But it's just I don't think it's a great matchup for her in a lot of respects, in a lot of respects. And as we can see here, she actually has the length advantages, so that's interesting, but I don't know if it'll be enough. It's just just an inch or two. <clears throat> so it is what it is. Spencer round two submission for me. Uh, Jimmy asking, is Felicia Spencer like Whaley, where it's higher risk but low notoriety? Uh, both Spencer came off of a title loss like Whaley, but a loss to Norma. Maybe different circumstances, but similar risk-reward ratio. I don't quite know where these comparisons are coming from, Jimmy. <laughs> I I know. I I don't think so. I don't think so. Or or do you mean do you mean Felicia is Okay, I think I'm getting it now. What you mean is where Felicia's the high risk but low notoriety. Let's say for let's I'm trying to make sense of it here, but I don't know if it uh I don't think they equate too much regardless. <laughs> so, yeah. Stamina says, War Letson, bless her fighting heart. I can't pick a winner slash favorite, though, because Spencer ain't no dainty flower. I love it. <laughs> love to hear it. Daintiness. Who would have thought on the podcast today? Scott says, uh, you were probably too busy, but did you catch the fight circus through phone booth fight? I didn't see the whole thing, Scott, but I absolutely did see that it happened. Uh, yeah, I, I read, I did a quote tweet about it. I think, I think it was Friday night when I was rather tipsy. Uh, so I saw it. I saw, I saw the clips of it. Very ridiculous madness, which is completely acceptable in fight circus. So you love to see them doing their thing. Uh, Jimmy says, yes, for Letson. Are they trying to build her up? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. This is just a case of there being nobody in this division. Division again, quote unquote, I always have to do it. So she's got to come back to somebody like Spencer. That's just how it is. There's there's a lack of bodies. And Stamina says, Letson is not being built up. Not at all. Like, I don't, has the UFC even acknowledged her existence? <laughs> Aside from being like, oh, there's a person fighting Felicia Spencer. I don't think so. I don't think so at all. It's uh, 
Featherweight, featherweight in the UFC. That's how we end UFC Vegas 42. What a what a journey it's been. My goodness, you guys. Getting us to that regular length of uh, nearly 2.30. Appreciate it. I mean, there was a lot to catch up on after me being gone for two weeks, the show being gone for a week <clears throat> on a Tuesday, all these changes all over the place. But what hasn't been changed and what remains the same is the fact that the Phantom Punch Breakdown is back. It was also gone for two weeks along with myself. Spicy talk by Ghost asks Rue. Uh, we'll see. You already know who it is. It's Evelyn Martins. It was supposed to be the WMA Today 73 breakdown with Serena De Jesus, but Steve could not get it to work for whatever reason. But that's okay. That's why I do it all the time, I guess. Because <laughs> so, I have smooth tones. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna not gonna say that. But it is Evelyn Martins as we are doing some foot sweep technique and a mini breakdown for the Kazushi series. Ghost made it nice and compact for you. So not as long as normal, you guys. And that's okay. That's okay. Better than nothing. We'll get back to, I mean, I assume we'll see. We'll see what Ghost has in store for us next week. But this week, it is Evelyn Martins, as I mentioned, and some Kazushi talk. Salvin uh, <laughs> loves these. He says, and but hopes that Mr. Phantom is more respectful. I mean, what bad can you say about Evelyn Martins, right? Uh, good prospect out there. So let me get over here now. And all right, let's get into it. The foot sweep technique mini breakdown. As I said, Kazushi series episode three within the episodes. And oh, look at that. He's giving me the shout out. As Kayla Harrison says in a recent interview, with Drake Riggs, whoever that guy is, the number one place I use Kazushi is wall grappling. Shameless plug. Go check out the interview if you haven't. With the Kazushi Queen. Let's examine Evelyn Martin's brilliant execution of the foot sweep off the fence by using the idea of Kazushi. Double jab allows Martin's to enter range due to the opponent's linear retreat. Martins dips her head towards the rear shoulder of her opponent while throwing a rear straight. Martins widens her base as she enters for a body lock. Right leg being brought in between opponent's base and head post are being used to consolidate Martins' position uh, against the fence. Martins has consolidated her position, so the opponent responds by pummeling for an underhook. Martins puts her weight on the opponent's underhook. Martins is pushing her left foot towards the fence while her upper body is placing weight towards the opponent's underhook. Dominic Cruz will be having a field day right now. Martins reestablishes her body lock and a head post to the underhook side. Opponent looks to pummel her right hand through Martins' far side underhook. Man, he really would. <laughs> Martins allows the pummel since the opponent is tapping her own right hand, creating a connection 
trapping, excuse me, trapping right hand. Since the opponent is connected to Martins, wherever Martins goes, the opponent will follow. Going for a ride. Martins brings her weight towards her backside, which lightens the opponent's right foot. Kazushi moment. Foot sweep and upper body connection removes the opponent's base from under her leading uh, to a beautiful foot sweep. Takedown. Slow motion time. Take it all in. Very nicely done. No question this week. All right. There you go. Nice and easy. Quick little mini breakdown from our boy, Ghost Phantom. You love to see it. And that was kind of nice. You know, a little uh, a little refreshing that way. Let me get myself back here. There we go. Um, I think that's a good way to come back. <laughs> a good way to come back. A nice little moment in exchange there uh, with Evelyn Martins. Good stuff, as always, from Ghost. You like to see the art of Kazushi when uh, when you when it can be found. Uh, James says Kazushi, love this series as well. Rue quotes, "Whoever that guy is, I know who's that poser." Uh, Jimmy says, "Man, good stuff. Ghost this helps me understand the position better." James says, "Underhook, no inside low kick this week." Ah. Ghost says, no, no fan of punch breakdown. Next week, there was supposed to be one, but results of UFC 268 has changed my plans. There you go. We'll have a break off next week. All good, man. No pressure ever. But the masses are upset with you. Jimmy says, no. And Rue says, no spicy talk, but very educational. Super detailed stuff. Love it. Yes, indeed. Good stuff from her. And we look forward to whoever is next. Cannot wait to find out what that was the 15th now. So plenty of great analysis and looks from our man ghost. It's been a while. It feels like forever since we did the last one. So that was good. That was good fun. But you guys know what time it is now. We have reached the climax of the show. WMA today. Episode 74, if you aren't already, for some odd reason, wherever you're watching, whether on Twitter or YouTube, I guess because those are the only places that we are showing video, <laughs> follow us, like, share, and subscribe. The audio-only versions are now on Anchor and Spotify. Just search WMA Today on wherever, whether it's Anchor or Spotify or Google, will come right up, I believe on Google Podcasts as well. You can find it a lot easier now is the point, especially audio only. So if you would like to listen the day after and not live, if you can't make it, that is okay. Appreciate you tuning in regardless means the world. That's why if you follow, like, share, and subscribe, hit that notification bell helps out a whole lot. Keep yourselves up to date with all the good stuff going on, whether at the scrap or in the world of MMA involving the women. Appreciate it. So, so much at Drake Riggs underscore uh, on Twitter, as well as at Steve K underscore MA at the Scrap News. You know where all the good stuff is. Stamina says goodbye. Can't wait to see you as well, sir. See you again as we close out for the shameless plugs time. Of course, in terms of other podcasts, I, 
I'm pretty sure I shameless plugged already off the top. Yes, I did when we were talking about Siori. So, Broad Horizon episode 10 has arrived. The one-year anniversary show, the big anniversary show. I had to do it as big as I could. Come back with a bang after a couple months off from episode 9. Had been wanting. It, it's, it wasn't actually on the anniversary like I hoped, but that was for multiple reasons. So, a big two-hour episode of Broad Horizon for the 10th show. Five great guests. Had to bring back the GOAT, Megumi Fuji, who was on episode one. One of my favorite people to talk to. One of the best fighters of all time, of course. Fantastic stuff. Picking her brain as always. Good doctor forever. She was on there. Sari Oshima, as I mentioned, the Deep Jewels. Adam Waite and Microweight Champion. The number two Adam Waite in the world now, as far as I'm concerned, with the big upset in Ryzen 31 over Kana Sakura. She was on. Great stuff. Catching up with her. The new Featherweight Champ as well, Juntaro Ishiku, who beat... Uh, Yutaka Saito with one of the nastiest cuts you'll ever see from a flying knee uh, in the main event of that same card that Oshima won on. Lenny Hart, the iconic voice of Ryzen and Pride. And then the boss man himself, Nobuki Sakagabara, got all the latest updates on what is happening in the future for Ryzen and how all the new shows and all that good stuff. Please check it out. Bron Horizon is one of my favorite things to do. So aside from this show, of course, over on MiamiNews.com. YouTube.com slash Drake Riggs. You know where to find it. It's also it's also on Spotify now. The audio versions, Japanese and audio, J Japanese and English audio. But uh, <laughs> and then all the UFC 268 fight coverage for SCMP. You can see that too if you want to go back and look at it. And then uh, we'll be at 266. That's the next show. I'll be at or two. God damn, I'm all over the place, you guys. I'm. I told you, I'm my body clock's off, messed up right now. I'm on East Coast time still, so it's like one o'clock for me in my brain. But that's okay. It's nothing new, but it's just been exhausting traveling. So I'll be home until 269 fight week. So back in Vegas for then. But it's been a wild stretch. Good to be back. Good to be here with you guys. Boy, oh boy. Yes. And as Ghost says, you guys need to look up the Tokyo Flood Tunnels for Broad Horizon. Yes. Ghost making a slight appearance or a cameo, I guess you could say, chiming in at the end for our community questions on Broad Horizon episode 10. Wouldn't have it any other way. So I think we can leave it there. I'm not going to do the rundown like Steve does. Sorry, guys. I'm not going to make you feel as special as you truly are. But I will say thank you oh so much to all of you. Of course, it means the world that you would tune in to listen to us talk our nonsense and uh, what have you. So appreciate it. Without you, there is no us. I will say that line from him. So until next time, you guys, stay safe, stay sane. I'll take that line from him as well. And we will see you next week back on our regular Monday time as we get ready for Horizon 32, which has the ladies in the main event there. So until then, everybody, stay safe, stay sane, and peace out. <laughs>